There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at Romance in the Podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Return to me, or Mimi Driver dresses like a Mormon, but acts like an Italian, but also an Irish woman. We, we, we got to get into that, but let's start the episode <laughs> let's first. Just get that would have been a good laugh line. If we did laugh lines, that would have worked so good. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at, hello, I'm Paige West. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, I'm Romancing the Pod. It's a me, I'm in a driver. <laughs> It's a, a, a me, I'm a Irish. I'm sorry, did you just say that your name is Irish? And I guess my name is Todd. And this week, we watched an ethnically ambiguous movie called Return, Return to, to me. me. Now, I picked this movie. Can we talk quickly about why I picked it? Yes, absolutely. Because it's PG and your parents let you watch it when you were a child? <laughs> yes, that is true. And that is the last time I saw it was when I was a child-ass child. So when I asked online what we should do and this movie came up and I remembered the premise, I was like, there's no way that movie is good. It's about a guy whose wife dies tragically, her heart goes into Minnie Driver, and then they fall in love. I was like, there's no way that movie is actually good. Right. And I'm here to say, fucking love this movie. Oh, yes. I cried. It's not bad. Top to bottom, man. It was so I sobbed good. through this whole film. But it is like a Mikey movie premise. Like, that is a nuts yes. premise. They do it well. They do. Okay, so here's my favorite part, is that, like, they don't treat it as silly. They're like, no, oh, no, you have, you have his wife's heart and everybody's like oh and the gorilla knows and that's totally logical <laughs> oh, but dude the gorilla putting his hands up for mini driver Sob. started crying Sobbing. so i know Absolutely same sobbing. page i could <laughs> i did not cry today but it's fine i cried so much during this movie this movie touches the same part of me that while you were sleeping does which part tell me all about it mm-hmm. where <laughs> they do have great chemistry and you are rooting for them and you love the like family unit she has around her yeah this movie could absolutely be 20 minutes shorter 100 percent. 100 percent. that's my only complaint really yeah but a lot of that stuff is the old group like the four guys yes. that are in the old group and you mean all my great uncles yes, yes and i love them <laughs> so much they're so funny together i don't think 80 percent of their dialogue is scripted i just think they just no, like i think they sat just down the table 
started playing cards and they set up cameras and were like, we'll come back and watch this footage in four hours. If you showed up to Thanksgiving when I was a child and just plunked a recorder in the middle of my great uncle's playing crib, yes, which exactly. would literally just be like, like six Angelos. This is the conversation you would capture, essentially. Yeah. Of them just like shouting at each other about Dean Martin. And you're like, he can't hear you. Like bragging that they knew Wayne Newton, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I loved, I loved when like she finally told him, he's like, oh, uh, oh, I, I need to take a walk. And yeah. then when she tells everybody else, they're like, huh. <laughs> it was a very realistic way oh, I yeah. think people would fight. Like, they're like, like huh. oh, oh uh, that, that makes... I really liked him, though. But yeah, that's... I get why that'd be weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene where Bonnie Hunt, who is like... I, I don't know her relationship to Mini Driver. Is they're like cousins or sisters or... No, they're sister-in-laws. I'm okay. pretty sure Bonnie Hunt's husband is Mini Driver's brother. Okay. That isn't oh. super established, but I... Well, I mean, maybe it was and I missed it, but I love Bonnie Hunt a lot. Or cousin. He might be her cousin. Yeah, yeah. I honestly didn't know either. Yeah. Well, Bonnie Hunt... Wrote and directed this movie. Bonnie Hunt directed this movie? Yes! It's in the credits. I was losing my mind. I was like, Bonnie Hunt directed this? And then she was on screen, and I was like, Bonnie Hunt's also in this. Bonnie Hunt's oh, great. Wow. Yeah. And especially from this time. She does this role in like nine different movies, and I love her yes. in it. Uh, and a fun fact, not related to Helen Hunt, but both of them have played love interests of Tom Hanks in movies. That is true. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you could trim it. It would be the old guys. That's a lot of what would go. Yeah. Because it does hold up the pacing a little bit. And initially, the first couple scenes with them, you're like, why? But then when they really kind of like bring him in yeah. to their crew and they're clearly rooting for him and trying to. I think that's one of the things I really do love about this movie is that like there's no one trying to break them up. No. Everyone around them is invested in supporting them and them being together and them being happy. And yes. similarly understands when like the the big crazy thing happens. They're just like, oh shit. You want to go to <laughs> Italy? Yeah, who would have saw that coming? Like, you know, I, I get why this is weird for you. Like, I understand why someone might be like, no, I don't think we should be together yeah. anymore. But like, I do think David and company's reaction to it, I really liked because he wasn't like, mad he didn't no. yell or anything he was just like no. oh my god what are you saying and then i he's just like, need to process yeah, this exactly yeah. and he literally is just like i need to go for a walk <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I love that the film was so grounded and it felt real because most people don't have, well, most people shouldn't have unhealthy support systems that are like trying to break you up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do, I do really love how those old dudes and the, the older lady who eventually marries one of the old dudes at the very Sophie. end. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Like they are on board for David Duchovny and Minnie Driver literally three minutes after he walks in and meets them for the first time. Yeah, oh, like day one. And they <laughs> They've yeah. all tried to set her up with other people and they're like, we don't care. Clearly, this is the guy. <laughs> yes. And we're committed to it. And we're going to like make them a patio and like play romantic music for them. Like, yeah, everyone just wants them to be happy. And it makes it so charming. And it makes you cry even more. It does, The whole man. movie. <laughs> the one thing I wanted that we didn't get was, because it's set up that her granddad is going to follow over. Like, he bought a golden ticket right. to Italy as well that he's going to use in the fall to go see her. And they do have that scene right before we see David Duchovny has gone. Right. And I wanted him to be like, here's the ticket I was going to use. Yes. Go get her. Yeah. Which, there's not like a financial reason for David Duchovny not 
not going because he's rich as shit too. Yeah, but like the gesture of that would have made me sob. I mean, I was already crying oh, anyway. I cried, like I yeah. love this fucking movie. <laughs> I, I think he did that. I think I just must. I I I just assumed he gave him that ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I if you told me that that was just like it ended up on the cutting room floor, I'd be like, yeah, of course it did. Yeah. My, my favorite scene is her telling the waiter randomly the story. Oh, and he's like, yeah, oh shit. Yeah, like I think I'm gonna take my break now. <laughs> <laughs> it's David Duchovny telling David Allen Greer and Minnie Driver telling the waiter, and we don't see them tell the story to that person. We just, right. see, we their just see the reaction. <laughs> yeah. And literally the waiter's like, because when Minnie Driver's at the Italian cafe where she was painting or trying to paint, the waiter's like, what's what's wrong? And she goes, it's a long story. And he goes, well, I'll take my break. And then it cuts to David Allen Greer having just heard the story being like, oh, God, really? Well, and then it cuts then back it cuts to the back waiter. And he's, and like, he's like, so he was married. And then like... <laughs> It's just really good. Like and then this, next time it cuts back to him, he's just like, Mamma oh, Mia. Yeah, Mamma <laughs> yeah, Mia. He just says, Mamma Mia. And then she just goes, See. Si. <laughs> yeah. This movie is just like someone was like, What is the craziest rom com movie on the blacklist right now? Right. And. Let's make a super earnest attempt at making that movie. And they nail it. Like, they crush it. I love it. It's either that or this actually happened to someone because of how human it feels. Or like that person wrote it. But that's fair. And this sort of does have the Val vibes to me. Like, the premise feels just as insane as that movie. So, like, it could. Who knows? Except that this movie feels a lot more realistic than The Vow. Oh, yeah, absolutely does. And this is the one that is not real. Can I pitch a crazier version of this movie that I just thought about? Yes. Yeah. So the wife uh, works in the ape enclosure. Yes. Oh, God. She lives. Okay. Minnie Driver is the one who gets in the accident. She needs a heart. And then meanwhile, there's something wrong at the zoo. The gorilla is dying. And they're like, there's one chance to save this one lady. With this gorilla heart. Coming this fall. Gorilla <laughs> heart. Gorilla heart. So they put the gorilla heart in a mini driver and she survives. And then she and the wife become best friends because she realizes she has the heart of the gorilla. And now she can finally say thank you for all the things the wife did. Amy needs heart. Amy. <laughs> Amy need transplant. Amy need one bedroom, two bath, Manhattan lower. Yeah, I guess it's Chicago, not man, not. New York. I mean, who knows? It's not like there's any architecture of any significance in this movie. So I mean, it's they, not they do Chicago. say they do say it's Lincoln Park, so it, it is Chicago. I honestly love Lincoln Park. It stars like, man, with yeah. one ape. I don't, I don't know, know why. why. It doesn't even matter when Duchovny's wife dies. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> That makes sense that he built those uninspired after she died because that's what the city looks like. <laughs> I do love when the gorilla climbs up to the top of it and he like beats his chest or whatever. We do see the yeah. Chicago skyline right there. I'm like, all right, that's a better view than I have. And he's an ape. So like, awesome. I mean, in my notes, I just I was like, could he escape? <laughs> I honestly don't know, Paige. I once had a friend be like, why do people get so upset about like hunting lions and stuff like that? And then I was like, because there's 10,000 lions and 8 billion people. It's like supply and demand. So like, no, I'm going to go ahead and hit the ejection seat on this joke. No, uh, Mikey, because we've talked about this story before, but the last time we did, it was when we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And you <laughs> and I argued that there's an inconvenient truth that we got to eat a billion people. This is literally the conversation that sparked the you are not 
for like saving the planet unless you were also a cannibal. Like that is this conversation. Yeah. We can't have oh, it again. Yeah. We all, cannot have I it feel again. Like, Don't you want to be carbon neutral, Todd? No, not if I have to eat people, Paige. Wow. So you don't care about the environment? <laughs> We're not doing I, mean, I can't. I, just go <laughs> listen to the, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 episode of The Horror Virgin to get this conversation. Cut this out. I'm not gonna. But is people. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their slogan. I mean, do we want to talk right now about the cultural ambiguity that exists in this film, or do we want to wait till it's introduced in the film? I guess it is cultural ambiguity and not ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, it's two different kinds of white people. I, I <laughs> like, know, but I, I love that podcast. If you know ethnically ambiguous, it's I, I, it's a very good podcast. So anyway, I like to use that phrase whenever I can. But you're right, it is more cultural because they do they are very Irish, right? But the restaurant is Italian, correct? Yes. So I, I have some context So here. Paige, my question is, how offended were you as an <laughs> Italian woman by this Irish family's appropriation of your food culture? So here's the thing, Todd. Like many Italians <laughs> and American, I am also Irish. Um, yeah. It is one of the most common mixes there is. It's two groups of people that arrived in this country very, very poor and very persecuted at the time who drank a lot and were loud. And so they got <laughs> along together and now there's a whole bunch of us mixed ones. And so they come in like a couple different fun varieties where you got like my my type, the like light skin, dark hair, pretty common. Uh, or there are people who look like full-blown red hair, freckle Irish, yeah. but then they're just like, it's me, Gianni D'Amato. And you're just like, what the fuck happened there? Like, <laughs> Are you sure it's not Johnny O'Reilly? <laughs> <laughs> no. I have very good friends who are also Italian Irish, a lot of them. And one of them is like Lou Miziano, and he looks like me, but is Italian Irish. I have a coworker, and his name is, is Jordan with a D, very Italian last name. I'm not going to blow up his spot. He's not a comic or anything. Um, <laughs> and he is full red hair freckles, like yeah. full blown looks Irish. Now, in my experience, even though a lot of people are mixed, usually, and again, this is just my experience. Other people have experienced different things, I'm sure. You end up culturally one way or the other based on whichever family is bigger or louder, like, you know, whatever. So, And that can be a toss up with those two groups. That can be a toss up with those two groups. Yeah. In my experience, I would say we were raised more culturally Italian, uh, where that's kind of what we identified more as. However, uh, my grandmother, Patricia... <laughs> <laughs> hey, very Irish name yeah, yeah. was definitely also Irish and would just occasionally be Irish where like around St. Patty's Day she was very Irish or sometimes she would like make mashed potatoes with coins in it and forget to tell us that they were there. <laughs> that was super Irish. Like 90% of the time Italian. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, we've got corned beef hash today. And you'd be like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Before we got on this call, or at least before we started recording, we were talking about now that I've moved into my house, I have in inherited a lot of my grandmother's things. Uh, and one of her uh, Irishisms is something that I inherited. To give you a little context, uh, my grandmother had dementia, and so she had this lawn gnome, or a lawn leprechaun, I should say, yeah. that she painted and then Ooh, put it in her leprechaun. guest bathroom shower to dry and then kept forgetting it there. And I was a teenager and an asshole, and so I then started moving the leprechaun around the house. So I would like put it in the microwave or like tuck it into her bed or like steal her car keys and then like put it in the front seat and then replace her car keys uh, or like put it in the washer and dryer. 
And then she would call my mom and be like, why is that little shit bird moving my stuff? So like that was a thing. And then when when my grandmother passed recently, I was gifted a very heavy box. And inside it, I was just greeted with this. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, I mean, that has to be the gnome of which you spoke. It, it is it is the leprechaun of which I spoke. Yeah. This is, she painted it, so he's got a very coppery. He, it literally is a copper beard. It's not red. It is and, copper. And a very, a gold satchel. And she also, she like painted eyelashes on him. Uh, but the deal is, since I moved him around her house forever, he has to have a place to live in my house forever. So now he lives with me. But all I all this to say, if it ever moves on its own, you have to like kick it out. If it ever moves on its own, I'm yeah. just going to be like, I had that coming. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the the Italians and Irish be mixing in weird ways. And I think that's what this restaurant is. Yes. Half Irish pub, half Italian restaurant because the Italian food looks good. So so you're saying it's got the body of a of an Irish, but the heart of an Italian, uh, the heart disease of an Italian. Yes, probably. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, they do like that's how her mother dies. And she clearly has a bum heart, too. Yeah. The mixing of like corned beef and cabbage alongside pasta. Not too wild about, but a restaurant that serves both. I'm OK with. Oh, and they make it sound like the food there is like amazing. Great. Yeah. And I would definitely check it out. Except the one like the two times you see the food. It didn't look that great. The pasta looks good. The cabbage looked cabbagey. And I'm not a big cabbage person in general. I love cabbage. I would never judge a restaurant by its cabbage. I wouldn't. Although they did have one thing. <laughs> like your face <laughs> looks so offended. <laughs> Growing up, we used to go to, uh, I mean, like specific Italian restaurants around town or whatever. Like when you're raised culturally Italian, you end up at a lot of Italian places. And so yeah, uh, there was this restaurant that much like this restaurant would just have a band playing Italian songs in Italian. Like live? Yes, live. That's cool. And it was like this guy who was like 90 years old where he's like singing volare and you're like, he's going to keel over any second. <laughs> like he is... Gonna pass that into someone's gnocchi and then that's gonna be it. Um, but my grandma loved it. And so we used to go there. It was in like San Jose. All right. Well, do you guys want to get into the movie so we can talk about it scene by sad, sad scene? Let's let's do it. Yeah. So it's Chicago. It opens on the skyline. I looked at how long this movie was and I was like, two hours? Fucking damn it, Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, Jesus, two hours. I was like, I gotta go to the cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually the truth Mikey we had to delay recording So Mikey could go to the cleaners today If it was an hour and a half I wouldn't even have to text y'all I had to like wait I, had to, I paused the movie before I sent that message I was like wait a minute I gotta do some math real quick Yeah and I was like pause And I was like what the fuck are they gonna do now I was like they were already like super dating 45 minutes in <laughs> Well they also have to like establish David Duchovny and his wife At the beginning of the movie As like a happily married couple So that takes up yes. some time you know It does it's, but they do it quickly like they don't yeah. waste any time on it I no no, no. i'm not saying that th they shouldn't have done that obviously i think they should have but it takes like 25 minutes yes what if this movie had started with her getting the heart transplant we never even met david duchovny until he comes into her life through like the restaurant or whatever and then we find out when david duchovny finds out that she got his dead wife's heart that would have been a remember me level reveal. Like I would have lost my mind. <laughs> I don't know that I would dislike that though. I Here's the thing. I, I do like the movie as is in regards to his first wife. Yes. Because I do love that we see that they love each other. They support each other's passions. Like they are happy together. Yeah. 
and it makes it understandable why he's so fucking devastated <laughs> when it happens. It is, like, and yeah. that's one of the things that just makes me cry buckets in this movie. And it makes it all the more meaningful when he does fall in love with her because you're yeah. just like, that heart was his the whole time. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. David Duchovny is so attractive in this movie that his first wife's heart couldn't stop beating for him. <laughs> like they tried to disbury her. They were like, well, we're going to have to give this heart to somebody because it won't stop. Yeah, no, we're going to have to put it in this canopic jar. And if you open it, <laughs> she's going to have, bring about the 10 plagues of Egypt. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> He had a lot of blood on him after the car wreck. I think it just yeah. popped out, and that was a convenient thing. I know, but it wouldn't stop beating. That's what I'm saying. And it caught on fire at one point. <laughs> it was wild. Kalima! Kalima! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do think that <laughs> meeting her, meeting the wife, helps you ground his grief a little bit more. Yes. And it's not the 20 minutes I would cut out of the movie. If that makes sense. No. I think you I think you could, but I think it, it doesn't become as impactful when you find out at the end. It changes the movie in that we would sort of see the reveal when David Duchovny hears about it. And that to right. me is less sweet than what we get. Like it's more of a shock. You know what I'm saying? I think he acts pretty, pretty well in this when he like when they like I do all too. drop him off and he just starts sobbing. Dude, yeah, when he oh is God. explaining to his dog that his wife is not coming home because the dog stays by the door until the wife gets home. Oh, heartbreaking. I haven't cried that hard since we lost Pupcake. It was like oh. so sad to me. It was so tough. <laughs> Natalie fell asleep while we were watching something else last night. And so I switched over and started watching this. And I was just lying next to my beautiful girlfriend who was asleep, trying not to shake so much because I'm crying so oh. hard <laughs> at this movie. I watched this in my office after Jake went to sleep. Isn't that a fun sentence to say? God, Paige, I'm so happy for you in the house. It's so nice. It's so nice. But I'm just like alone in this room full of boxes, just like sobbing. And the cat's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what are you up to, lady? (laughs) All I can picture now, Paige, and I'm so sorry, is every heart transplant is just the guy from Temple of Doom pulling out the heart <laughs> yeah. and then putting it in the other person's heart. And I've been thinking about that since I yelled Kalima and I've been struggling not to yell it. But just like shoving it down into another person. <laughs> exactly. But you guys, it's the same scene. It's just, he's got those purple latex gloves on. Well, you gotta yes. be hygienic, yes. right? Yeah. But I didn't realize that it's like in surgeon school, it was just like different Kalima spells. That you're learning. I'm just picturing them prepping him for surgery and he's got like the gloves yes. and they're like tying and but the drumming and everything is still up and then he just yeah, like they, goes they gotta up. put the they gotta put the bone crown on his yeah, head before he goes crown. in. Yeah. But it's, everything <laughs> else is just like a surgeon. Like mask, yes, gown, yes, yes, bone crown, yes. but they're playing like dr- drums dun, behind them, like dun, Kodo dun, dun, Japanese dun. style drums. Yeah. More drums, nurse! <laughs> yeah. Ten cc's of drums, stat. Wait, do you need an amount of drums or do you want me to play like 10 cc? Like, Shut what up, woman, do it! And then he just goes over to the, like, the person giving the train and just like pringles his hand into their chest and like grabs the heart, catches it on fire and then just goes cauterized and then like... <laughs> and then shoves it into somebody shoves else. Shoves it into yeah. the other person. Yeah. yeah. So... Doctor, how long does the the operation take place? Oh, I mean, it's honestly a, a full heart transplant. 
I don't know, six minutes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How long is this drum solo? <laughs> Have you heard like a really long Pantera song? I yeah. feel like it'd be about that. Yeah. It's 20 minutes. We got 14 minutes of drums getting hyped. Yeah, 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 six yeah. minutes operation. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, what are these charges on my bill? Oh, we have to open a new whip every time that we put a bandaid <laughs> on somebody. <laughs> and we also had to buy two more timpanies because it was a especially a delicate procedure, and we needed more drumming power from the nurses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you see, this fee here is we have to steal the spirit stones from villages every time we do an operation. <laughs> And Medicare doesn't cover Shankara stones. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, Also, they had to be on a special diet where we wheel in a giant snake and cut it open. (laughs) Man, I just want to watch fucking Temple of Doom, man. I know. Which I will say is probably the most racially appropriative Indiana Jones oh, movie. Oh, it's a horrifyingly racist it film. Is. In so many ways, starting from like minute one. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Absolutely. Anyway, diving into this movie. We, we spend some time with him at the construction site and his wife at the zoo. And his wife is super invested in this one ape, Sydney, where they seem to communicate in sign language and a few other things. Now, I mean, she is a doctor. Like, she, she's researching right. uh, gorillas, it seems like. Like, yes. who is that famous gorilla researcher? Jane Goodall. Yeah, like Jane Goodall, exactly. But so, obviously much younger. Although, I yeah. mean, Jane Goodall could have got it back in her day. Sure, sure. I have a, a scientist friend who, you know how some people have a thing where they're like, this isn't true and no one reads the research and it's just the one thing that bothers them. This is his. Oh, yeah. Where he's he's like, they don't actually learn sign language. They just learn to imitate you to get the things that they want. Yeah. So they can't like form complex sentences. They just repeat things to get treats. So like whenever they make it seem like they're actually talking, they're not. It's just repeated behavior. And I'm like, Bobby, this is a dinner party. <laughs> like, please And stop. also... What you just described is sign language. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I was like, because that's all I do when I learn sign language. I learned yeah. repeated yeah. things that I know what they mean. Yeah. Also, <laughs> verbal language. I only tell people things to get what I want. Right. And his <laughs> argument is that, like, the gorillas don't learn to form complex conversations. Oh, of they course just not. learn to repeat the things we say. Yeah. You know, or whatever, and they don't have that actual context for it, or whatever. But it's, that's like saying dogs don't learn words because when I exactly. say sit, they don't know that means to sit, but they still sit. But they still sit. Well, yeah. they do learn that mean. Okay, so they. Well, that's do, what we're saying, but that's, Mikey. But that's yeah. learning what the word means. I know. Like, exactly. If you say that's sit, what and your yes. dog sits, it knows what sit is. Yes. Yeah. It it has somehow tied those th- two things together. Now, yeah. what the dog couldn't do is tell you to sit in a way that you would understand. Right. Because dogs are so fucking stupid. But dogs do communicate. <laughs> like when my dog wants to go outside, it'll look at me, bark, like be like, Rrr. yes. And then like look at the door. Yeah. But here's the thing about dogs, though, is that like they can't picture apples or like or any sort. <laughs> they can't visualize in their they mind's eye. They can't visualize eye, in their mind's eye. But I'm just saying, if I can have communication with my dog, that is two beings communicating what, what they want. A gorilla is much smarter than a dog. Yes. I would assume yes. it can do much more. Yes, it can. It, it can. It can. There's, there's just a difference between it's more creative thought than re- 
repetition, Mm -hmm. I guess, is the difference. So, like, they can repeat things. They don't have themselves a lot of creative thought in that sign language capability. Yeah. I think they've done studies where dogs can learn, like, the vocabulary of, like, a two-year-old. Like, they can learn, like, 150 words. That's what I've heard, too. I bet bet gorillas can learn way more than that. Yeah. 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 But they couldn't hold a conversation with you. Right. That you did not already teach them. And also, I don't believe those mats that those dogs step on the mats. I'm so curious about the mats, but I, I don't think they're real. Uh, but like, I want to know, like, there's a part of me that's like, but what if my cat could learn and could tell me things? But then I think they just memorize the sound yes. that comes from the mat and the reaction that you give it. Yes. But that is language. Right. Well, <laughs> it, it is only to a point because if they don't, if they don't technically understand and could not therefore like use the context to form different connections, there's a limit to what they are actually learning. Right. As opposed to just repeating actions. But like sociopaths can't feel love, but they will tell you I love you to manipulate you. Are you sure, suggesting but- that animals are sociopaths? Some are. I mean if statistically, if I mean they're probably in all species then yes. I think most bugs are. I don't know that Sydney <laughs> is one in this movie, but we don't know who caused the accident that killed his wife, so Sydney might have been involved. Really irresponsible that they let him drive. <laughs> Sydney, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's Sydney was driving the garbage truck or whatever that hit them. <laughs> we taught them left hand, right hand turn signal, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I just hated that that gorilla hit them and then took her heart out. Do-do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so she has a huge gala. They're trying to raise money to make the gorilla enclosure bigger. Yeah. He picks up her dress. This is where we get, like, she gets home from work, and this is where we see the dog waits for her. Yeah. Like, she clearly just has a way with animals, it seems. And they just love the shit out of her heart. That's what it is. Yeah, they can hear it, and they're just like, look at that big, juicy heart. (laughs) Sounds delicious. I'd like to suck the blood out of it like a straw. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we see her, like, the dog waits for her at the front door. She comes in, and David Duchovny had been trying to get the dog to eat this whole time. And And he wouldn't. Yeah, and the dog wouldn't. Mel is the dog's name. Wouldn't. And then, of course, when David Duchovny's wife is like, go eat, he immediately goes and eats, you know? Right. So we cut to their gala that night. She gives a speech. It's very moving. The band is going to play for them. They meet uh, Bennigan, the, the you know, like, I'm an anonymous donor love, who just tells everybody. I love Bennigan so much because he talks to, I think, three people in this scene directly, but we hear him tell, like, nine people about his anonymous donation. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> and that was so funny to me. And they're clearly trying to, like, pass them off onto other people. Like, David Duchovny calls over David Allen Greer to be like, please, Please. don't you need to talk to him about this? And eventually, because of that conversation, a picture of Bennington, 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 whatever his name was. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, gets put up in the monkey house. In the monkey house. Yeah. He's like, have you thought about a mural? (laughs) Yes. When he introduces himself later in the movie... He does say, I know many of you have recognized me from the photo. My in the picture in the monkey house. And I was like, whoever they hired to play Bennington or whatever is crushing it. Yeah, he's doing amazing. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut over to a hospital where a mini driver is very, very sick. Yeah. And Bonnie Hunt is there with her. And this is where we find out that she needs a heart. Basically, it's such a sad scene because Minnie Driver is like, take care of my grandpa. Like she is like 
coming to terms with the fact that she's probably going to die and like asking Bonnie, which is not her name in the movie, but Bonnie Hunt, or she's asking her like, please take care of my grandpa, like all the things that she needs taken care of in her last moments. And Bonnie is like, you're going to live, you'll be fine. You're going to go to Italy and paint the skyline and fall in love with some rich Italian man and live happily ever after. And Minnie Driver, even though she's about to die, it's like, I need a new heart, not a new ass. Or I'm getting a new heart, yeah, not a new <laughs> not ass. Not a new ass. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. I like that joke. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I just like the presence of mind in your final moments. Because that like could have those could have been her last words. Yeah, like, it been. how <laughs> wild would that have been? What was the last thing Minnie Driver said to you before she died? I don't think we should get into you it. Don't know. Uh, it's yeah. not really important. She screamed Kali Ma and then caught on fire. I know what mine will be. I'll be like, tell Todd I hate him. Oh. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I thought for one second it was going to be love and I, I was very excited. And then, oh. nope. As you, you're not going to take the second to just like, as you fade away, be like, I can picture heaven in my mind. <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> exactly. Okay, bye. Those are my favorite. That's my favorite last word. Ghost is an insane movie, <laughs> but like the fact that that happens in Ghost is so insane as he's walking to heaven. What sucks is that those will probably be my last words because I would think it's funny and no one will get the joke at the time. It'll be like the dick pottery. You take it with with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Like, oh, I see God. He's talking to me. He says, you're a bitch. (laughs) See ya. I see God. He's played by Samuel L. Jackson. This is the Avengers initiative. They need me for a special mission. I'm being called up to the God Leagues. Kids, he can't even. He doesn't even. So many eyes. Kids, his mind is gone. He can't even talk straight. (laughs) And Mikey's like, this is gold. Why aren't you guys laughing? My podcast would have got it. Back to the gala. He gets the band to play their song. They dance. And then literally, like, as the song is going, we cut to the hospital where they've been in a car accident. The song continues over this. Yeah, the song it's continues so over sad, it. It's so sad because the song has returned to me. Yes. Oh, and she so she basically dies on the gurney. Yeah. Like, they're trying to wheel her into neurosurgery, and she they're losing her immediately. So we cut to the restaurant where we meet her dad in or grandfather, I should say, who inexplicably has the Irish accent of a leprechaun. Like Warwick Davis and the leprechaun. <laughs> yes. And then all of her dad's Ita- or grandfather's Italian friends who he refers to as Italians, which is wild because they all own a business together. Right? Uh, and also Minnie Driver looks very Italian. <laughs> Even though she's supposedly related to the leprechaun man. Right. Anyway, this is where we meet our cast of characters who run this restaurant. Right. Essentially. And they're all asking about Gracie, Minnie Driver. And everyone there is just like, well, maybe maybe she'll get a heart. And a phone rings. And above it, there's like a little foil heart that says Gracie. So clearly, like, that's the number. Like, that's the phone that gets called if it happens. And he rushes over to answer the phone. And he starts talking before he picks the receiver up. Yes. Which is madness. Paige, I could not believe it. I rewound it. I was like, there's no way that they didn't see that in the moment. It is so egregious. He's not even holding the phone yet. He starts his line before he's touching the phone. Before he's touching the phone. Yeah, I was like, what? At first, you're like, He's just so excited and is so expecting this call and knows what it means. That's what I thought. That like he was starting it before and he was going to re-say the line. But he doesn't re-say the line. He doesn't. 
He then responds to the person on the phone like they heard him when it wasn't answered yet. Yes. (laughs) It's an insane thing that they just left in this movie. They just left it in. Uh, And at this point, they have not quite (laughs) like they have not given us enough explanation about what this place is. Right. So in my notes, I'm just like, is it an Irish pub? Is it an Italian restaurant? Is he just the most Irish Italian man? Because he both looks Italian and seems to be hanging out with all these Italians. And like, and one of, so Angelo, clearly Italian. Yes. Grandfather, clearly Irish. Yes. The other two, total toss up. Nobody knows. It's, depending on the scene, they are either Italian (laughs) or Irish. Yeah. Depending on what they need them to be in the scene. I like that. I liked all the old dudes, too. I thought they were great. I like them later in the movie. The first scene with them, I think, is too long. Yeah. It's one of the ones I would trim. I but the later ones, I would leave. Once David Duchovny joins their group. Yes. That's when I love them from then on out. Yes. So they all are going to rush to the hospital because she's going to get that heart. Meanwhile, David Duchovny comes home. And David Allen Greer brings him home. And this is where he's like, I, I just want to be alone. Please just leave. And David Allen Greer's like, I'm going to stay nearby, yeah. basically. And I'm bringing your parents over in the morning and picking them up from the airport or whatever. It's like he is such a good friend. Like that is yeah. so kind because he is going through it, man. I was just bawling this whole scene. Like, well, because this is where he like collapses against the door with the dog. Oh, Ugh. yeah. And that is I literally that's the most I cried in this movie. But I cried Ugh. almost. 90% of this movie When he walks in And sees the note She had pinned uh, About picking up Her dress or whatever I, I, I was like lost it From then on out In this scene It was over for me Ugh, Because so when sad. he is On the ground Like crying And like holding His dog's face And like She's not coming back, man. I lost it. I was—I literally told Natalie, I was like, I'm afraid I might cry when talking about this scene I, on the podcast. You're talking about it now, and I'm starting to cry again now. Oh, it was so sad. fucking sad, oh, man. Oh, so God. Sad. I hate having empathy. Oh. <laughs> I know. And then, it, and then at that page, we see, if we weren't crying enough, we see more scenes of David Duchovny and his wife, like, in love. Like, he, him remembering yeah. them. So we're seeing, like, these really happy glimpses from their marriage and then it cuts to him crying against the door like on like leaning against the door with his dog laying on his like lap like just weeping it's like relentless and what you really need is because they bring the like cooler with the heart in and because you're also seeing the hospital where like her family's like in the chapel and yeah whatever what i really needed just to break the tension for a second was for somebody to open that cooler and just fumble the heart onto the floor (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) something just like (laughs) oh good all right it feels good to not cry and in those like montage scenes during all of this like we do see her granddad go to the chapel and like like pray yeah or ask saint michael for help or whatever it's like really sweet man it's so sweet yeah i mean it is aggressively irish (laughs) (laughs) yeah where and you still don't really know what's going on with the restaurant no you don't really know i mean i do think we sort of learned that the granddad and the irish co-owner of the bar like the older main character like they're in-laws right i got the i I got the impression that mini driver's parents were each one of their children. Okay. Okay, that that could make sense. And that's how they're related. And so, like, the super Irish guy, or super Irish guy is the Irish family, right? And the super Italian guy is the Italian family, right? Right, right, right. But, I mean, that's 
all speculation. I thought they set that up, yeah. but they may not have. But that's definitely what I thought. They set up that like her mom died when she was young of heart disease and her dad took off. Yeah. But we don't know how grandpa relates if he was dad's dad or mom's dad. Yeah. And we don't really know how everyone else is related. As far as we know, somehow she is related to Bonnie Hunt. Yes. That those are her nieces and nephews. So somehow. Yeah. That's related. But maybe sibling, maybe not, maybe cousin. Yeah. Uh, and then for the other older Italian guys in the restaurant, it seems like they might just be her grandfather's friends, but they've kind of like, it takes a village raised her. Yeah, I th that's exactly the vibe I got. Like all of those yeah. people, obviously her granddad, but every one of those dudes at that table was uncle whatever, even though they weren't yes. like physically yeah, yeah, yeah. related, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's super just heart-wrenching but she gets up uh, like she gets the heart she gets to come home everyone's excited we cut to her painting in a courtyard and we don't know that it's a time jump but we will find out that it's at least a year later yeah it's yeah i got the vibe that it was a year later it takes yeah. a lot to recover from an organ transplant yes. well yeah we we find out from her doctor a little bit later that it's a year but that's like okay no nobody is like established it yet yeah, yeah. i got you but we see her painting in the courtyard and we cut into all the old men yelling about Bing Crosby hitting his kids. And I was like, finally, the truth getting out. Uh, and they're like, Frank Sinatra, actually a good guy. He had other people hit people. I was like, Frank Sinatra was literally in the mob. <laughs> like, yeah. Like legit a mobster. But I mean, he didn't do any of his own dirty work, apparently. Of That's at least not, what they're saying. I honestly smart. don't know very much about Frank Sinatra, but he was arrested. His his mugshot's fucking cool. It is cool. I have seen that, obviously, because it's on mm -hmm. like shirts and stuff now. But and I do love like crooners of that generation. Like I love their voices. I think it's cool. I love that style. But like I just don't really care that much about their lives, but probably because they were all bad dudes, more or less. Anyway, so they're arguing about who's the best singer of that. That era. And I just, in my notes, I was like, these are all my great uncles. <laughs> like, yeah. this is exactly what this was like. She takes her bike to the doctor's office. And again, <laughs> again, in my notes, because they haven't quite established the restaurant yet. I just have, wait, it's an Irish pub that serves Italian food. Wait, it's an Italian restaurant with an Irish pub in it. <laughs> like, I just couldn't figure it out. I do think you just described their restaurant, though. Like, it I is an Irish so. pub with Italian food. Yes. Or an Italian restaurant with a pub in it. Yeah. It well, yeah, really yeah, goes yeah. into it later when this restaurant is featured on Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> like, there's cabbage everywhere. <laughs> the theme is terrible in this place. They didn't get on theme. <laughs> Your menu is 14 pages long. You have both seafood and corned beef and hash. Like, what are we doing here? This is wilder than the Cheesecake Factory, guys. Lock it up. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and... What we do find out later is that Angelo is just like some sort of pasta wizard. And that's what I was here for. I was like, if you got like an old Italian man in the kitchen shouting at people and smoking over the food, that food's going to be amazing. <laughs> so you just have to like take what they hand you. Uh, the guitarist in the band that I was in, D, his father was a very Italian man. And he would come and like hang out with us on the road all the time. And he would cook for us. And it literally to this day is the best Italian food I've ever had. And it was just my buddy's dad. Yeah. <laughs> and he was wearing a shirt that said, I support single moms. And it was a, a woman <laughs> on a pole. Like that is the vibe of this guy who cooks me the best Italian food I've ever eaten. And I said, can I have some manicotti? And I got literally smacked. And he said, not yes. hard, but like, poof, and he goes, manicotti. 
<laughs> no god. And I was like, okay, I apologize, Vincent. Anyway, here- <laughs> Vincent. Uh, my my grandmother was an amazing cook, but also if you got in her way in the kitchen, she would hit you with a wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can see that. Which, which I, in my experience, and the other Italian Irishes that I have known, common experience. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like, yeah, they like hit you if you get in the way, right? And you're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then he manja, slap, slap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great food. I like. I wanted to eat at this restaurant, even though I was confused by this restaurant. Jake and I, we went through a phase during pandemic where we were making these big lasagnas from scratch. Oh, you were entering your carb era. Yes. Yeah, yeah we yeah, were yeah. carbing up for the rest <laughs> of the pandemic. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing, honestly. And we would make it like from scrizzity scratch. Like yes. I would make the cheese. We would make the noodles from scratch and then we would do like thin slices of Italian sausage in it, like do the sauce all day. Like (sighs) we it would take us a full day and some change to do it. Yeah. But then it was the best lasagna we'd ever had and we'd eat it for days. (laughs) We haven't done it in a while. We were waiting for the new kitchen. So once we get everything set up in the new kitchen, we'll do lasagna again. It's so good. (laughs) And like, here's the thing. If you find a good Italian restaurant, usually owned by like a family yeah. or somebody that's like, we stole grandma's recipes. It can be that good. It's just, yeah. you know, you got to put up with people yelling at you and hitting you with spoons. <laughs> and, or just correcting how you say manicotti. Manicotti. Mozzarella. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, this is coming from someone who did not have an Italian accent page. Like, he- No, of course not. No, no, no. No, these are the people that roll up to Olive Garden and they're like, oh, the pasta fagiole. And you're just like, yeah, all right. All right. We get it, Vince. Like, like we get it, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, how you doing? Because like all your scans look great. And she's like, oh, I'm good. But like, I feel bad when I have bad days because like someone else died to give me this heart. So I should just be happy all the time, which is like, we should talk to somebody about that. Hey, you know what? Like emotions are valid. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. She needs to talk to someone about this. I'd argue that she is right now, but maybe someone who was yes. a trained therapist, but like right, and someone who's listening. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Or but like, I completely get why she would feel that way. Yes, And I am sorry that she is feeling that way, but I, I get it, you know, yeah. and it terrifies me that I just heard Mikey, who is a therapist say <laughs> that, I mean, maybe they're just pretending to listen. <laughs> Not all therapists are good. <laughs> I've heard some horror stories out there about some therapists. I did talk to a lady whose therapist fell asleep on their Zoom session during pandemic. I That has happened a, a number of times. And I feel bad because like for the person in therapy, that's so demoralizing. But then also for the therapist, I'm like, this therapist had 10 sessions that day. Yeah. And they're just trying to get by and survive. Yeah. <laughs> like I see both sides of it. I feel so bad. It's draining too. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it is. Having everyone unload their trauma on you. Like I'm, I'm sure I like doing is. stuff in crisis because it's like lights of sirens blazing. There's adrenaline running. You're not sitting on a comfy couch with a sound machine with like a glass of water or like a warm blanket that's gonna put you to sleep anyway yeah exactly i'm like should it be that comfortable to have therapy maybe we should make it a little less comfortable so people are all paying attention that's why mikey and i are starting our new business extreme therapy where we <laughs> chase you're scared you of spiders <laughs> bring down the exactly. spiders you gotta tell us your feelings on the rock wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's feeling factor because i'm mentally deranged i picture everything as like sketches and i am picturing like our venue with like wacky inflatable arms out front and it's like <laughs> extreme <laughs> therapy and it's gonna rock 
rock wall and it's got like a shark tank like a like a half pipe so what you're describing is just the same to me as holistic therapy <laughs> well here's what here's what i think because i do think you were onto something with therapy factor uh where it's like you could either eat this centipede or tell us how you really feel about your <laughs> like, mother yeah, yeah tell us about your divorce or eat this centipede yeah yes i love this Still hosted by Joe Rogan for no reason. Honestly, that's something I would watch. I would watch I that. Honestly, <laughs> like, would as well. Yeah. I'd be like, this is the perfect job for you, man. Uh, Michael, what are you up to lately? Oh, I uh, created an extreme therapy center. Uh, like, like, like revolutionary treatments? No, 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 no. It's just the same as some of this. You know, your body keeps the score. So, like, we're, like, amping it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> But can your body earn the high score is yeah. the question <laughs> yeah, yeah. at Extreme Therapy. We've got guest lecturer Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Bam Majera. Oh. Doing therapy with guys is easier when you're doing an activity. Like when I used to do like, no, young, absolutely. like adolescence, it it was like we would yeah. go for walks or shoot basketball and stuff. Like this is a bit we're doing. But I do think a version of this would be successful, especially with the male population. Oh, I'd be like, should we do this session in the bounce house today? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if we are inviting Bam, can we just agree that it is just all a trick to get Bam to go to therapy? Oh, I definitely. Oh. That's why I said his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a guest lecturer. Trick. We all have letters to read to you, Bam. Uh, Steve-O, would you like to start? Yes. After I got sober, Bam, and you did not, you hurt me in these following ways. Sorry, that's what Steve-O would say. Honestly, that's what happened on Instagram, and it's so sad, because like, Steve-O clearly wants the best for him so much, but like, yeah. people have to choose it for themselves. Yep. Also, Steve-O's super fucking nice. I've met Steve-O a handful of times. I've never met him, but at least... Sober Steve-O seems, seems nice. Yes, so I nice. only met sober Steve-O. I only yeah. met sober Steve-O. I did not meet Steve-O while he was drinking. But yeah. sober Steve-O has been incredibly kind every time I've met him. This is a good idea. So this is our plan for after the podcast go bust, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. I may cut it out of the episode because I'm going to patent this. To me, it's the same thing as some of these treatments going around right now that don't have a lot of like mm, science behind them. Yeah. Sure. Well, now you know why they get around, though, because someone's making money off of it. Right? A hundred percent. So why why isn't that us? They're like, you just take the toast and you shake it by your head and we'll reprocess the trauma. Uh, that technically good. EMDR is good, but I mean, like. like yeah, I was like, that sounds a lot like EMDR and it's actually <laughs> sort of helping me. EMDR <laughs> has toast? Sorry, I, I just got excited <laughs> no, for I toast. I accidentally improved EMDR all of a sudden with my invention. Because you catered. You gave it food. Yes. <laughs> you just focus on the cinnamon rolls when they pop up by your eyes. And your <laughs> eyes follow the cinnamon rolls. Interesting. I'm thinking we got to reinvest the money that we get from the half pipe and the rock wall into one of those bungee rides that like slingshots yes. you back where people like pass out so that you like, you're like, all right, you're going to tell us your feeling that you've kept inside that you didn't feel like you could tell anyone. And then we're going to launch it. And then we're going to catapult you yes. to freedom. <laughs> to freedom. It's like, sometimes I worry freedom. that I'm not worthy of love. <laughs> we have rides based on common emotional states. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amusement park that is therapy based. Oh, you feel like drowning? Today we'll be scuba diving in the pool of despair. Oh, no. The, you gave it a name. Like, I can see what the pool of despair is in my mind. Like, that is amazing. Of despair. <laughs> the pit of despair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But inside it's just like cool tropical fish. It just looks like the fucktismal font from Pray for the Devil. What 
are we fucking talking about? Oh my god! It got away from us, but I do think this is a good idea. <laughs> I do think it's a good idea. We gotta get back into the episode. All right, so uh, we cut to construction at the zoo, and David Duchovny is like pissed off because things aren't happening fast enough. Well, yeah, but he feels obligated to build this thing for his wife because he did make a promise to his wife that if they went to Italy, which is apparently someplace they wanted to go for a while, they wanted to go. that he would go ahead and build the, the enclosure for Sydney, no matter how much they raised that night. Right. Right. So like, he feels like he has to do this for her. And I think it's super sweet that he does, but he also just lost his wife. So he's like in a bad headspace about it. Do you guys think it's kind of like nepotism though? Nepotism? Like he got the contract because he was her husband? (laughs) I mean, he was fucking the person in charge of the program. So yeah. yeah. I mean, like. I got the vibe that he actually was like independently wealthy because of his building group or whatever. I got the impression they were sponsored by Gorilla Glue. Sorry, that's a construction uh, that joke. That whole enclosure, not one nail. It's all <laughs> not one glue. nail. You could hang it upside down. <laughs> and that's why they call it Gorilla Glue, because it's strong enough yeah. for a gorilla enclosure. But engineered for a woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's pH balanced for a gorilla, but soft <laughs> right. enough for a woman. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> anyway, so she shows up to the zoo with her nieces, and she actually passes him walking in. And they have just like a minute, like her heartbeat, but that's about it. I do love that they don't touch, but they they do sort of like have a moment. And like one of Jim Belushi's kids. But they all look like they have different parents. Well, Not a single do. one of them looks related <laughs> to the other ones. I know, it's great. Yeah. Uh, one of them goes, are you okay, aunt, whatever? And she goes, yeah, yeah, whatever it was, it wasn't bad. And I was like, I mean, I, I knew that. It was just felt like the director thought we needed to know that it wasn't a bad experience that they just had. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very funny to me that they included that. They're like, bump, bump, are you okay? I'm not dying. It was okay. It felt good. Yeah, like, like that, yeah. that we might be worried that she was having an issue with her heart again. So the director was like, we got to have him ask the question. Well, I feel like earlier in this movie, there's a lot more magical realism around the heart. Like yeah. in this season, because she goes up to the gorilla enclosure and we established earlier that the gorilla only puts its hands up or whatever for Elizabeth, yeah, his, his wife. His wife, yeah. And the gorilla does it again in this scene. And I think this and then her connection with the dog later, it's the little bit of magical realism in this movie where it's like the animals can tell the heartbeat and i'm like i don't think they can like i know beers can beers Beers. i know i know (laughs) dog dog beers beers. uh i know (laughs) bears can smell periods but like this seems excessive man people are mad at the beers this week or did they go all ipa on it like what happened i don't (laughs) know how to speak football i'm so sorry (laughs) bud light coors light like a lot of the like like, have their inclusive cans or whatever and kid rock (laughs) shot a machine gun at them and fucking kid rock kid rock lives 12 minutes north of me we're in the same police precinct that's how rich mikey is he lives in the <laughs> same police precinct <laughs> as Kid as Rock Kid does. Rock. Which, that joke That's is so true. funny if you know what Mikey's house looks like yes, and where it yes. is. Like, but so sorry, Mikey, I, that joke was 100% just for you. <laughs> Every week, the world surprises me about how much 
emotional energy people put into stupid shit that like you, if you don't like it, just don't care about it. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as it's not actively hurting other people. Right. I like if you if someone's not hurting themselves or others, then there's like yeah. really like not much for me to like dig into there. You know, like if the government is trying to murder or restrict the health of trans teens. Yeah. Then I got to care. Like, I got to care about that one. But if a brand is like, well, we decided to give the green M&M normal shoes. I'm like, I can't right. care about this. We want to give the green <laughs> M&M less fuckable shoes. <laughs> And I, yeah, and I was like, like <laughs> okay, so those are uglier shoes for the M&M, but like that's as far as it goes. Maybe I tweet about, I think these shoes are a little uglier, but like the hate campaigns are just. It's wild. I mean, we could get into why they do that if this was a different podcast. Well, like, all people do it about <laughs> weird stuff. Yes. Like, yeah. You know. Someone on this podcast, I'm not going to name names, really gets fed into... It's fucking me, dude. I get locked I in. It sucks. <laughs> Mikey will even message me and be like, you need to get off Twitter today. And I'll be like, that's good feedback. I do need to get off Twitter today. For your brain. Like, it's not like, like, you, like I that know is what you're good. trying that's to do. That's good feedback. Yeah. I'm like, you're just yelling in an empty cave. This is the, like, you need to take a Mikey, walk. Mikey, I was so fucking mad when they expelled the... Th oh. oh, you should be. It's infuriating. And it should be illegal. It's, it is uh -huh. fascism. It is racism. I have never been blind with rage before in my life. I, for the first time in my life, was so mad. I like blacked out a little bit. I've never been that level of mad before. After the oh. shooting, I was like in my own kind of space. Where yeah. I was like, you know, helping people and like still trying to do my thing. And then, like, because you're really... in crisis mode. Like, from right. the moment it happened, you were there. Like, I'm not paying attention to the politics side of it or whatever. And then, like, I like, yeah. took a day, like Friday or something, to, like catch up. I like, read all this stuff and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Well, why did they change her shoes? <laughs> That's for the M&M &M. like, To be clear so For those before. of you who don't know That is not why 7,000 students walked out of class And to Capitol Hill In Nashville a few days ago And had a, a peaceful protest Where three of our lawmakers Also attended and, are, and two of those three Have now been expelled from the body For attending that peaceful protest well. Yeah, <laughs> but people who attended the January sixth insurrection still there, still sit on the yeah yeah. Talk. Uh huh. I, we can't talk. We can't. This is gonna. Yeah, we be, can't get into it. We can't get it. We can't get into the naked picture somebody made of the green M and M to try and figure out what her anatomy would be. I can't judge. I googled the exact same thing for Mignon's couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh no, my husband has sent me an attachment. Well, the only thing my ex sent me was an attachment disorder. <laughs> Therapy jokes are here. Anyway, so the gorilla connects with her. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. The gorilla hand yes. scene where Mini Driver puts her hands up and, and the gorilla does as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Mini Driver stands outside the gorilla enclosure with a boom box that's like, in your hands, your gorilla hands. Yeah. Gorilla hands, your monkey hands, your monkey face, your power glove that helps us find the diamonds. Uh, no, wait, that's Congo. Well, I think the power gloves would help you find the seeing stones or whatever so that they could perform transplants. The Shankara stones yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the callback we should have made anyway so we cut to david duchovny comes home and his dog walker is on his way out of the house now this dog walker only has two scenes in the movie and they're both completely unhinged and i love them both <laughs> i love this first one because he's like crawling down the steps yeah wearing he can't roller roller blades, blade. <laughs> but he had to get there some way and i'm yes, assuming yeah he, he had to somehow get there. inside 
with the dog. Yeah. Because in my mind, when I see this child, I mean, he's probably like 15, maybe like old enough to like watch your dog while you're away, you know, for a little bit of money. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Like, I was like, wait, did David come and his wife have a child? Why is this child like... <laughs> Who is this child? Like, yeah, like, because he has to have gotten there on those rollerblades and now can't ro- rollerblade. It just seemed weird to me. It's very strange. But very funny. It's an interesting choice. It's an interesting choice. And the next time we see him, he's in the exact same outfit, even though it is days, maybe even months later. He's a poor little orphan boy. Yeah, well, and David Duchovny's like, how do I look? And he just goes, tall. And he's like, that's it. And he's like, real tall. But that's not the worst compliment. No, it's not. And listen, as someone who, and I realize I probably shouldn't say short king, but I have considered myself a short guy for my entire life. Like, yeah, like I would love to be considered tall. Anyway, so he doesn't have any messages, but David Allen Greer's like, please come out, come hang out with us tonight. And he's like, nah, no, I'm just going to, you know, stay at home. And the dog is still waiting by the door for it's like the dog is still waiting for her to come home. And it was just like so sad. All the scenes where the dog is acting. Yes. Made me cry. Even when the dog is like connecting to Minnie Driver and we see him licking her and all that stuff. I was like, oh. He can see. He can smell her heart, yes. <laughs> which is insane. Which it's, it is crazy. Uh, but he does eventually call David Allen Greer back and be like, "Fine, I'll go out on Friday." Yeah, like, I'll go. I don't know, man. A year after losing like my wife that I was like deeply in love with like that. I understand why his friends are like, Hey man, you got to start getting out there. Yeah. Like start. I understand that. I also understand why he would be like hesitant to do that and be like, I don't sure. know if I want to get into all that. Like I just really loved how like real this movie felt to me. Yeah. Well, and the girl he picks is also not great. Mikey, I've been on that date before. Oh yeah. I, that would damage a friendship for me. If somebody, <laughs> Well, we'll wait five seconds. Yeah, we'll we'll get get into it. it. Yeah. So we cut to the restaurant where, and this is where they're singing Italian songs. And this is where we know that Grace is the waiter. Yes. Waitress, server there. Yeah. And kind of as they're getting set up for the dinner rush in the kitchen, they give her a plane ticket to go to Italy because they want her to go and paint in Italy. And they're like, you know, figure out when you want to go, who you want to go with, how you want to do it. But here's the tickets. Yeah. So uh, they have also tried to set her up with someone who has hair plugs because and the way they try to set her up with people, they're like, she's had some work done. And I'm like, that's not that's that's not what it is. It is kind of bizarre how they treat an organ transplant. Well, yeah, because like yes. they're saying I, I told him that you had your chest worked on. And like, that's not yes. what that guy is going to think not when you tell him that you have to say heart transplant. So funny. Though. Yes. Because if, if they hear she's had her chest worked on, that's not where he's expecting to see the scar. Yeah. Like the idea that she's like, people are going to think I've had breast implants. I'm like, that's not what those scars look like. Like, that's not. Yeah, no. no. They don't just go through the center like that. No. <laughs> like, Although there are different entry methods that you should talk about with are. your surgeon. Like, and what, what yes. works best for you. I don't. I don't honestly know terribly a lot about it, but Ooh, well, it depends on what you're what you're getting done. A really common one is to go around the nipple, so I've that, heard that like, yeah. the nipple hides the scar. Yeah, they're getting real good at it these days. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Talk to a plastic surgeon. I don't know. Yeah, oh, it's your life. <laughs> yeah, it's, do whatever it's you want to do. Like for me, it's <laughs> it's not even a matter of like what my preference. I don't I don't have a preference. Like I just like boobs. Like I'm just happy to be here. So like if you get them, make sure you're the, getting them for you. And that you like them. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to yeah. be on your body. And if you're with a yeah. guy who that's really important to them, you, you might want to like. Not be with that guy, right? 
Yeah, probably. Or at least take some stock there. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh my God, guys, this actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal. All remains of the pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals, never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up, just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say, a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. And factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with factor, except for right now, because <laughs> factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 and use code romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code romancing the pod 50 at factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy to use app and they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the end. That was the I end know. of the end. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. <laughs> <laughs> If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Anyway, so we cut to her meeting hair plugs guy and he's like, no, tug on it. It's great. And like browbeats her into doing it. And she does it. And of course it hurts because like. Because uh, pulling hair hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It's so funny though, because he's like, well, I think it might be later, but he tries to get someone else to pull his hair. And he, he tries goes, to get the bartender to do it. Yeah. And, and the like, bartender just says, I don't touch men. And he goes, well, it's female hair, so it's fine. So it's fine. And I was like, yeah. what? Which I thought was funny. Yeah. What is on this dude's head? Like, were they literally just like, like punched in horse tails? Because that's what they looked like. That's what it used to be. Wait, really? Not, not horse hair, but hu oh, human I didn't, hair. I, I didn't mean like actual horse hair but yeah yeah oh, okay. i meant like they look like horse tails because you know like they're like really clumped together and then they yeah. sort of spread out you know yeah yeah like <laughs> it looks like doll hair yeah 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 well, they and they even still do it the same way although they've gotten really good at this too of like hairline reconstruction is what they call it where they harvest from certain parts of your head and then implant in other parts of your head so that it, you have like a new follicle and stuff to grow. Yeah, but that those grow on their own, right? But they are like just yeah. moving follicles around. It's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. And I thought that that's what this was, but then when they show it close up. It's real messed up. It is like they punched doll hair into this man's scalp. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's a practical effect and it looks great yeah. for <laughs> what they're trying to get across. Yes. Like no notes on this practical effect. I love it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, oh no, it's, it's on an 
an actor that is very bald because I've seen him in a million other so things. So have I. And also, yeah. hey, bald, bald is beautiful. Oh, yeah, like I'm sure in this actor's like real life, yeah. he probably is just bald. <laughs> He's clearly playing an insane character in this one second scene. Yeah. I feel like bald is what you make it like and if you choose to just fucking rock it no one will question it's a confidence thing really it is like yes just like pearl rocking the top hat in pearl in that red dress i still respect the hell out of that top hat rock i never thought i'd say this sentence but that girl got good top hat game good top hat game (laughs) anyway so we cut back to their date and david coveney arrives and we meet Marsha, who they have set her up with and she is at first she just seems annoying which i'm like eh, you know whatever some people she's just trying to be nice but then the way that she speaks to mini driver so mini driver comes up to like take their order and she is a nightmare she is so mean like immediately so mean. mean i hate it and honestly like when i was back when i was dating like if i went on a first date with somebody and they were great to me but treated the wait staff like shit yep. i'm never talking to that person again never because that is like a big indicator for me of like someone who Instant is deal breaker yes uh, maybe it's just because i was a server for no uh, well sometime during college that like that really like is something i looked for no i mean i never was a server but i'm always nice to waiters because like you know People are just trying to live their lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've gotten mad at some servers, but not a few. In my lifetime, maybe two. And even then, I was just like, fine, but I'm begrudgingly leaving this 20%. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think the movie does this on purpose because so many people would consider that to be a huge red flag. Yeah. That they're just like, we're going to take her out of the running immediately. <laughs> With her like, it can't be Swiss water because I got poisoned by Swiss water. Of course she did. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But that's her whole thing is like she demands bottled water with a straw. Can't be Swiss. Whole thing. And then, of course, Mini Driver does what every good server would do, which, by the way, if you are this much of a dick to a server, expect them to do what Mini Driver does (laughs) in this moment, which is get a bottle of water and then fill it with tap water just to see if you'll notice the difference. I love this so much because at first I thought she like, cause she asked for Aquafina by name. And I was like, oh, is the joke that Aquafina is Swiss and I don't know that? Like, no, or no, whatever. No. And then, no, the joke is that she is going to pour it out and then give her tap water. Yep. And I love that we have David Duchovny, who is answering a phone call, see her do that. And they have a moment of like, yeah, this is happening. And yeah. David Duchovny yeah, is clearly on board. Yeah, <laughs> it is very <laughs> like, yeah, fuck that lady energy, which I love because this felt like a real meet cute that could happen in the world yeah absolutely it's so grounded in reality for such a bonkers premise and i love it yeah it's the same eye contact i made with a hairdresser at a wedding one time where a drunk bridesmaid was giving her shit and so she just cut out a chunk of her hair and she like looked at me and i just nodded and then she did it and i was like she had that coming she'll she'll discover it tomorrow it'll be fine but yeah it's just that like we both recognize that this person is out of line and we're going to take corrective action now. Yes. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> anyway, he on the phone basically is like, call me in another like 10 minutes to get me out of this date, basically. Yeah. So he goes and sits back down and Marsha tries to like take off her jacket. So she's like all, you know, tight shirt, booby everywhere and just kind of like pressing against it. Like 
She is laying it on thick. And then Mini Driver brings the water to the table. And he's like, oh, I bet that tastes refreshing. (laughs) Like, he's just so funny. (laughs) And he, like, is staring at her. Like, his quote-unquote blind date or whatever. Like, waiting for her to drink and, like, see her reaction. And, of course, she reacts like, oh, it's so much better than tap water. And he goes, "Yeah." I mean, he doesn't say this, but in his eyes, he's like, I bet it does, you bitch. Like, yeah, it's just so well, and then about it. She doubles down because like, oh, yeah, because she, you know, mini drivers telling her the specials and she's like, oh, is everything here just boiled in oil? Like, this is disgusting, which like, then don't eat here. Yeah, fuck you. Go to Portillo's. You don't have to yeah, eat here. What? Go get a hot dog. It's called olive oil, and I put all of my food in it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, but no, she responds with like, "Oh no, it's all boiled in Swiss water." Basically, being like, "You're being ridiculous." Yes. Which this sounds terrible, but if I, everyone else at the table except for David Duchovny takes her side, where she's like, "That was uncalled for. Let's get that mouthy bitch fired." I if I was at her table, I'd be laughing at her. I'd be like, "That's what you get. That's that what is what you, you get for treating like. her like shit. That's what you sound like. Like that's, yeah. you brought this on yourself, yeah. honestly." Uh, and so she kind of ducks away. And I would assume Sophie or somebody else handles their table for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, but she catches David Duchovny as he's leaving because he's like, "Oh, I gotta go to work. I bye." Well, he makes an excuse almost immediately to leave. Like he's at this date. Yeah. Maybe a total of 10 minutes and four of those were him like flirting with mini driver and overseeing right. her do the tap water thing right well and she hands him somebody else's takeout yeah to just like i know you didn't get to eat dinner so like yeah. you know uh ravioli with a side of cabbage which is a very weird combo i'd eat it but the ravioli sounded delicious yeah. anyway she sends him off uh and, and does ask like will your friends be staying he's like yeah I'm sorry, <laughs> basically. Like, I think so. You better stock up on non-Swiss water. Yeah. Uh, so um, as he waits outside with his takeout for his car from the valet, he watches her sing through the window and David Allen Greer comes out and is like, you're leaving? Like, what's going on? And he's just like, I got, no, I got to go to work. I got to go. Yeah. Sorry. He leaves and he does drive to the job site where he like, parks and just sits in the bed of his truck eating the Italian food and then he opens a letter from the organ donor organ organ donor (laughs) yeah organ donor liaison which is where she sent her letter to so she sent a letter it is now being delivered to him anonymously and it's basically like I have your wife's heart thank you so much yeah and and it's very very sad but also that ravioli it cut away too soon I, I only read the first paragraph of the letter and then I was like did I miss the second paragraph was that more important I I paused it you don't need to know anything in that letter yeah okay. for the movie it's not important it's basically just like hey thank you yeah. I treasure life it, it doesn't give any personal details or anything she has to send it through the organ donor association because she doesn't know who heart she got yeah right? she doesn't know so I'm I sort of got the vibe that they like go through it to make sure it doesn't give any like identifying information before they'll send it so i think it depends on how your donor yeah i think some people are able to like thank the family yes. the families want to thank them uh we have a family friend who's had a lung transplant and because she had cystic fibrosis and so she has been in contact with the family of the woman whose lungs she has and they like celebrate together 
as like a family, which is kind of a, a really unique, interesting experience. But I mean, that's cool, though. Like when my brother died, my parents did not opt to do that. I'm pretty sure it was my dad that didn't want to do that because Mormons have mm. this weird belief about preserving the body for resurrection. That's the whole, a whole weird thing. But like, that's fine. I get it. It was their choice, not mine. But I would have liked for that to have happened and then to have yeah. known the lives that that impact impacted in a positive way. Yeah. It's why I'm an organ donor. So like, same. yeah, same. I'm an organ donor, too. I, I donate that organ one woman at a time. No. And then I leave an anonymous letter. <laughs> it's not just because her rejection rate's 100%. <laughs> I was like, it's not you, it's me. The organ has rejected. It just didn't take. The organ has rejected the host. Yeah, but thanks for the cheese. <laughs> what? Where did the cheese come from? Girls usually have like nice cheese in the fridge. You got, especially as we get older, it's like I just go raid the fridge. And you won't even make us a fucking quesadilla. But you'll <laughs> steal her telemunk. Trash. <laughs> Stay away from my brie. <laughs> Both her friend brie and her cheese brie. Okay. By the way, the attachment that Jake sent me earlier when I got a text was just the Barbie meme, but with a wheel of brie, and it said brie instead of Barbie. <laughs> Honestly, I'd watch that movie <laughs> now i'm kind of craving brie what's brie larson up to is she single mikey let's let's get brie larson for you i feel like i think feel like she's busy i'll reach out yeah. to her publicist and see if she's uh on the market for a, a love companion is that how mm. famous people date other famous people are they i mean there are definitely relationships that are put together that way mm -hmm. i would assume mm -hmm. that majority of them are not they just are running in similar circles because they're yes. famous you know and so they meet people yeah. and just like you how you meet people in life organically yeah i would say c-list and below might meet on raya uh, but if you are like up like A, B and even some C list, you're probably meeting at events. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my Raya application. I literally through. when she said Raya, I remembered our conversation about how we were going to try and get famous enough to get Mikey on Raya. And I badly need that to happen. Unfortunately, on the Z list, you're not allowed on no, Raya. Raya is like top tier reality show people like that's who's on Raya. We got to get you on that, Mikey. Just think about like all the dudes you've seen on like Love is Blind or too hot to handle and then like Mikey being on there. It's like that and then comedians. I'm just going to come in one day and be like, look, I get it now. I'm in love with Francesca. Oh, no. <laughs> I just checked it. One of my other friends is on there now and so I, I asked them to add me as their referral. Wait, really? You have a friend on Raya? I have two friends. Are either of them on Raya, Mikey? Both. I have two <laughs> friends on Raya. Oh, They're oh both, okay. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> what happened, Mikey? What happened? It's one of the reporters' numbers that I. Oh no! Did you already ask? Oh them? wait, wait! No. So Mikey. you didn't know who it Mikey, was, but you had her you in your do? phone because she's reached out to you for work no, stuff. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> no. So wait, 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 wait! Have you dated her already? No, it's a guy. It's okay. a guy. Okay, okay, okay. But okay. he's gonna get this notification like, "What is this idiot wanting me to refer?" <laughs> <laughs> You may want to text this person you barely know. I, I'm just going to leave it. I feel like you should just leave it. All right. I don't think you'll enjoy the people on Raya. I think I think you no. would go on a couple dates and be like, this is a nightmare. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> Paige, you're explaining what, what we want for. from this interaction. Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. want him on Raya for the podcast. Well, then I hope that record reporter comes through. I want to. I just want to sit down and be like, "Yeah, I went on this date with this D-list reality star," and then like you know who we're talking about from like Perfect Match. I'm like, then I see why I didn't like them at the show. Yeah, 
you were awful. And I did watch you feed wine to your dog. <laughs> Anyways, they're closing up the restaurant and someone left a phone on the bar and it is David Duchovny's phone. So we cut to the next day on the job site. He's actually super happy because I think he's like into mini driver and he's going to go back and get his phone. And he's, you know, like he is finally excited about somebody for the first time since his wife. I would yeah. Say. I mean, we do see him bail uh, on David Allen Greer and then like go home and get like dressed to go back. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we cut to Bonnie Hunt and Jim Belushi's house where Jim Belushi is like, I invited Rudy over to meet Grace. And she's like, father Rudy. <laughs> and he's like, he's no longer a priest. He's an ex priest. He doesn't do the priesting stuff anymore. Yeah. 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 But he does arrive in the collar because he's like I don't feel comfortable without it I honestly felt so bad for that guy like he has <laughs> ma just made this big life change Sure, he's meeting a girl who is way more attractive than him and he knows it and he just doesn't feel comfortable without his priest collar on oh that's a hot yes. mess yeah. there's so many levels to that that it makes it so funny to me well and she feels the need to like cover her chest scar so she's got like a diaper that she's like wearing as a dicky yeah like an empty one not like a usual oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, David Allen Greer's out with like three people and trying to get David Duchovny to go. And he's like, no, I'm not going. This is when he bails on him so he can go like get dolled so up. So he can go get dressed. Yeah. To go get his phone. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to later at Bonnie Hunt's house. They're putting the kids to sleep. They're finally letting the, the priest go. And he like clearly liked her, but she was like, he wouldn't even let me lift plates. Like I'm capable. Like yeah. I know this is weird, but so like for a mini driver, I, I do like that. They point out that she isn't, I mean, she probably is nervous about them seeing the scar just cosmetically, but like, right. I feel like her bigger importance is the way they treat her differently when they realize what she's been through and all that stuff. Right. And she just wants to be treated like a normal desired woman, which I completely get. Yeah. Like that makes sense right. to me. Absolutely. So, we cut to David Duchovny shows up at the restaurant and they're just like, oh, hey, uh, phone guy. Yeah, we'll find the phone. Uh, where's you had to get back to your wife? And he's like, oh, I'm not married. She passed away. And they're like, oh, no, his wife died. Come on over. Have a pint. <laughs> We're playing. Like, <laughs> Take my wife, so, please. I yeah, love like, that so much. It was so like dumb. But so fun. I loved it. Very fun. Yeah. And and they like they're talking about how Sophie and, and Wally should maybe be together. And yeah. it's their little ecosystem. But they just immediately in, ingratiate him. And he's winning money like he's beating them in poker. Yeah. Meanwhile, Minnie Driver upstairs sees that it's windy outside and wants to cover her plants. So she comes downstairs in like a robe and like a hair bonnet and is like, I got to go do the plants. It's like she clearly found David to come like attractive and was like into him when yes. he was there before the night before and so like this is like gotta be her worst case scenario of meeting that guy again I did like that she's like you know I, I sorry uh, I know you saw my hair last night so you know that I have hair yeah <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> she, great. Minnie Driver I think is a great actress but she's so charming and likable in this fucking movie it's great so much and she's got all her plants it made me very excited we're getting my plants my boysenberry plant is blooming and it's got berries nice. growing on it. I am very excited. Anyway, so they cover all her plants and he sees her paintings and she's like, I just paint places from my dreams. I've never been anywhere. 
And he just very sweetly is like, would you like to go out with me? And she was like, yes. And he's like, tomorrow? Yes. I'll pick you up here? Yes. And he's like, you're very accommodating or whatever. Yeah, you're a very difficult woman. Is oh, what that's he what says. it was. He makes a joke about it. That's what uh, it is. He makes yeah. a joke about it. Yeah. Um, but they come back into the restaurant and all of the old people are like, skedaddle! <laughs> like, scram! I mean, they do like hide back in the kitchen and then Mini Driver's like, Grandpa? And then you hear Grandpa from the kitchen yell, we're not here or something yeah, like that. We're not here! <laughs> So fun. It is so funny. I loved it. So he leaves for the night. She goes to Bonnie Hunt's house and is like, I just want to tell you, I met somebody. Okay, I'm going to go back on my bike now. Yeah. She's just really excited about it. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah. Because she's been sick, we find out, since she was like 14 or 15. So she's probably never really dated anybody, really. Yeah. You know? Like, she would have been a good match for Captain America. Oh, oh yeah. shit. I like that for him. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, are, are we all excited to watch his new rom-com, Ghosted? Yes, of I course. am excited about that. I am. Ex- I know it's only on Apple Plus, but we may have to do it. I have Apple Plus, so that sounds great to I me. Do too. Yeah. I do, too. They're all a write-off. It's fine. Yeah, so why won't you get stars, Todd? <laughs> I didn't realize saying that would backfire so immediately, spectacularly. Mm. So, <laughs> all right, I may have to get stars. I apologize. I'll fucking watch uh, Party Down With You. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you were going to love it. I, I know I will. I know I will. Anyway, he goes to tell the gorilla and feed it French fries. <laughs> but we cut to their date the next day where Bonnie Hunt's like, don't shave your legs. Then you won't let it go too far. And I'm like, no offense. If a dude's into you, shaved legs ain't stopping anybody. Nobody's like, ew, gross. <laughs> I have had someone say to me, I didn't shave my legs because I didn't think we'd go this far. And I was like, Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. no. I'm, <laughs> like, how much cheese do you have in the fridge? Mikey, you are not allowed to touch her cheese storage if you will not make her a quesadilla. Yo, lady, what that breed do? I just yeah. want you to picture her falling asleep, me calling an Uber, stealing a, a roll of brie. <laughs> like a wheel of camembert? <laughs> what you're describing is the sexiest re-envisioning of how the Grinch stole Christmas, uh. and I'm not, not here for it. You're a mean one, uh, Mikey Renov. I'm going to steal this Parmesan that's 30 to nine and a half years old. (laughs) (laughs) I just come home and talk to my dog about it. (laughs) You ate the whole wheel of cheese, Max? I'm not even mad. (laughs) Choosing between them, I'd take the cloth bound cheddar wheel. (laughs) I hate you both so much. Do you realize I can't have like regular conversations with people anymore, right? Like, (laughs) I just assume I should be able to have this level of conversation with like all of my friends. And I love my friends, but some of them are not here with conversation. And me, mm-hmm. yes, anding their bits makes them very uncomfortable. <laughs> like what? No, I was joking, and you're like, I know. I know. I know you were joking, Janice. Janice. This is a classic. Yes, and bit bit <laughs> bit bit. I hate that. I know exactly what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> Deep cut, drunk uncle sketch. <laughs> 
God damn it. Holy shit. We're, Back in my day, it was just werewolf <laughs> Frankenstein communist Dracula. Uh, uh, we're never <laughs> finishing this episode. We live no. in Remember Me. It's Return to Me, which, by the way, I very specifically oh, would yeah. much rather live in Return to Me <laughs> return than to me. Remember Me, which technically I do live in Remember Me. <laughs> yeah, remember Me is now. What are you talking about? I know. What she was saying was a very obvious criticism of Return to Me's refusal to acknowledge the events that happened a year after this movie <laughs> came out. <laughs> They're in Chicago. <laughs> that is true. They're in Chicago. Which is hilarious because when David Duchovny and Minnie Driver start dating and he takes her up to see the skyline, I was like, I don't recognize one building. Mikey was <laughs> right. <laughs> I literally looked at Natalie and I was like, does that look like Chicago to you? And she was like, what does Chicago even look like? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Gotham City over there. He's a builder in Gotham City. <laughs> I do love the idea that all rom-coms take place in Gotham. Uh, I think that's a fun yeah. like, fun little tidbit. Tidbit. <laughs> Stop it. Stop referencing Drunk Uncle. Because it's just me and you and the guy who was Drunk Uncle and Seth Meyers who get that Bobby joke. Moynihan Bobby Moynihan forever. That's right. Anyway, so on, on their date, she skirts around the... Uh, telling him about her heart. Um, but he does tell her about his wife, which I think is very sweet. I really love that. Yeah, like the fact that David Duchovny is, they're on their like first real date. Yeah. And he is like so open about what he is like. I mean, it's been a year, but he's currently going through it. And he is like, because I do think if this is like the first woman you've dated post your wife dying tragically, yeah. you're going to be going through some grief just because you'll be falling in love with someone again and that's going to bring up these sad feelings about you and your your wife yeah. who passed away like so it's good that he tells her that up front like i love that but she is not so honest with him or forthcoming she is not and and that's the one downside but i also feel like this is also one of those romance movies where neither one of them does anything to hurt the other one exactly it is just the circumstances which i actually do really, like those better really like because i mean yes this movie is fucking bonkers it is uh, but if this happened to you I could fully understand them reacting the way that they did yeah but there's no like I'm gonna make so and so jealous or right I am gonna hurt somebody by kissing somebody else it's not how to lose a guy in 10 days or something right yeah like, no yeah. It, it's just people trying their best to love someone fully yeah. and that for me just pulls at the heartstrings just so hard absolutely that's exactly why I love this movie so much Yes. So they walk home and her grandpa has set up like a little patio and he goes to kiss her and I, he goes to like play with the collar of her blouse. I think just to kind of like joking and it's just too close to the scar. She freaks out and hits him and is just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she actually slaps him like you see yeah. her hit his face. So he actually yeah. got slapped in the scene. And man, it's so funny because she immediately like backtracks and was like, tries to make up the story about her having a sex dream about him and then like it's, yeah, it's, it's just a very weird. awkward moment <laughs> and then like she gives him the leftovers I think and then runs like literally she runs kisses him and the then house. runs That's away yeah. she kisses him and then runs into the house literally runs it's so funny yes um but we cut to like he's super happy there he's out bowling with the family I also love that that like he's getting to know her and he yes. loves her but he's also like I'm hanging with your old people like I'm here at the bowling alley this is where I want to be yes is with the people that you love and he invites David Allen Greer to come and David Allen Greer is like what's all the old people he's like but these are her people like this is yeah like, this is who she hangs out with and also yes. they're pretty great like they're fun yeah, they're people 
David Allen Greer actually does sort of get absorbed into this friend group and like a fits in bit, really yeah. well. And like, I think he comes to learn why he hangs out with them. But right. it is like, I would be weirded out a little bit if like Mikey started dating a woman who like only hung out with people like oxygenarians. Right, right. I'd, I'd be like, okay, what's the deal here? Like someone explain this to me. Well, but it's also Bonnie Hunt and her husband. And, yeah, you there's know, Bonnie. Yeah. yeah. She hangs out with their family a lot, which is fine. I mean, especially as you're, I mean, especially if you were really sick when you were younger. Oh, you yeah. Have a lot of time to make a lot of friends. Well, and yeah. if you've got a big family like this, where there's a lot of different people and a lot of different factions that you could hang out with, I fully get that. Same. And it reminds me of the family in while you were sleeping, where they just like adopt her <laughs> and become her support system. Yeah. I feel like that very much happens for David Duchovny in this movie too. And they're so excited that he scored a 68 yeah. bowling. It is very funny because he's terrible at, at this. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm also very terrible at bowling. The oh, best score same. I think I've ever gotten is in the 120s. I'm very bad. I'm normally hoping to break 100. I have this thing where it'll take me like two games to get warmed up. And then by game three, I'm like, I think I figured it out. But no one ever bowls more than like two games. I was going to say that. I was like, who bowls that long? Yeah, I was I like, mean, that's like four hours of bowling. Like, <laughs> it's like uh... four hours of bowling. I've only ever done it once or twice where I was just like, yes, finally nailing it and by then everyone's just done like no one's having fun anymore uh so they all come back to the restaurant everybody eats uh they send david allen greer home with leftovers and then they go sit outside uh and they basically you know are sitting by the patio with a candle inside the old men are like arguing over which music to play and they choose a live Sinatra album. Yeah, I love that. And many drivers like embarrassed by them because it's clear yes. what they're trying to do. It, <laughs> and But David Duchovny's like, I get it. I understand what's happening in there and why they're doing this. And I like that I have their support. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, but also I'm here for that. Like that, I'm yeah, interested I'm in here. where this is going. I'm super into you. Love the family. <laughs> like I could see this working out long term, you know? So he's like just very comfortable with it. Whereas she is very yeah. nervous about it. Absolutely. And and they all end up dancing together, which is very, yes. very, very cute and fun. I, man, I love, I don't know why, but I love, Old people, not necessarily dudes, but old people being silly in movies. Yes. It's like one of my favorite things. It's one of the reasons I love <laughs> Betty White later in life. And her prank show, Off Their Rockers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's a real show. It is. But the four guys like dancing with each other and just being silly, I love it so much. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. I also, I have a soft spot for nuns having fun. Which we get later in this movie, Paige. We get later in this movie. There's a series of photographs. Uh, you can find them in most Buca de Beppos. Uh, and there's <laughs> a lot of black and white photos of nuns like playing hopscotch or on bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> and I think those are very fun. So we cut to David Duchovny's house. He's scrambling to clean his house. Well, because now he has a reason to clean his house. He's no longer like yeah. sad, depressed all the time. He's wanting to, you know, invite Minnie Driver over. Yeah. And we get a montage of like he's building stuff for them in the garden. They have a huge family party in that backyard. Yeah. Uh, they're finishing up the gorilla enclosure and they're going to have the dedication. And he wants her and the entire family to be there. And then she basically is going to make him dinner and tell him what's up. Yeah. And it, it really does seem like they've been dating for like two or three months. Yeah. Because he's pretty ingrained into the family unit too at this point. Like, yep. the reason I bring that up is because they've been dating longer than I think adults would be dating before they had sex. 
So he would have known about that scar. But I mean, this probably also would be her first time. So maybe it's like, I don't think yeah. they had sex until they're until they didn't. way later on. No, they clearly the didn't. But also, so here's why it didn't bother me. A, this movie is 23 years old. That is true. Yes. Yeah. B, he when he tells her about his wife, he and his wife knew have known each other since they were children. Yeah. And that I would assume from the way he talks about her was his only ever sexual partner. Oh, yeah. Because they met when they were 15 or started dating when they were 15 or whatever. Yeah. So I think you could definitely make an argument of him being like, it's OK to wait because this would be a big step for me also. Yeah. And I also think that it is her first time because she's been sick since she was a teenager. So for me, it did not bother me that much because I felt like those were two people who probably would have discussed that and been like, we're going to wait this out a bit. Yeah, we don't get that scene. I don't necessarily think we need it, but I don't think so either. That yeah. makes so much sense to me too, Paige. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she's supposed to tell him tonight that that night and David Allen Greer is like, she's playing with you. Like she's making you hold out to reel you in. And he's like, well, I'm reeled in. Like I, I, I loved that response to David Allen Greer's like uh, accusation sort of there. He's like, right. I'm reeled. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking for an edge strategy. Like I, I am not going anywhere. Yeah. I enjoy her. Yeah. And, I, and he even says, I like the family. Like I, I enjoy her. I love the family. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm in this. And to get back at him, he tells a group of racist white children that he is Sammy Sosa and runs away. Yeah. I have a Sammy Sosa story. Have you met Sammy Sosa? Not really. But okay. when I was in the bands, uh, high school bands, sorry, this is like forever ago. I was at a Cubs game. Like we all went to a Cubs game because we had a competition in Chicago. So the whole band, like 400 of us went to a Cubs game. Sammy Sosa was there. He wasn't playing. Someone saw him and they were like, oh, my God, that's Sammy Sosa. And he took his hat off and threw it down. And my friend Ryan caught it. Uh-huh. Whoa. And then someone came down from the Cubs, like someone who worked there and said, who caught Sammy's hat? And his name was in the on the inside of it. So he could prove it. He caught it. Yeah. And he was like, cool. You get to watch the game with Sammy Sosa. Whoa, and they brought what? him. Yeah, they brought Ryan up to, I don't know if it was the owner's box, but like the VIP section. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He watched the whole game with Sammy Sosa and he was like, we talked the whole time. He was super nice. They have the best food up there. Like, oh, yeah. That, like, that's the good shit. It was such a, I, I don't follow baseball. Like, I didn't know Sammy Sosa was a big deal at the time. Like, I was so blown away <laughs> by like, <laughs> That I'll never forget it. Like I'll never forget that Sammy Sosa story. That's wild. That's so it's crazy, funny. right? But that VIP box was the best place to experience Pitbull, my idol, <laughs> Mister Worldwide. But the kids, the kids do fall for it. Which I honestly, if it was David Allen grew up there and me as a 15 year old kid doesn't know sports at all, I'd be like, oh, I, I guess I don't know. I guess maybe yeah. you could have pointed at anybody and told me that, and I'd have bought it. <laughs> So we cut to she's telling Bonnie Hunt that she's going to tell him tonight. Yeah. And Jim Belushi comes in and does a weird belly dance that is uncomfortable but hilarious. Which is normally how I describe Jim Belushi's comedy. Uncomfortable yeah. and hilarious. And sometimes it's just uncomfortable and not funny, but sometimes it is. And this is one of those times it is. Yeah. 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 I liked it. Yeah, it was a good scene. We cut to David Duchovny's house later that night where he does not know how to use the microwave. And I was like, oh my God, is he related to my sorority sister? I literally wrote that in my notes. <laughs> I was like, did David Duchovny go to Paige's sorority? Because not only does he burn the shit out of that popcorn page yes. he tries to hide it in the oven in like, the oven it is insane and like him trying to get it 
in the microwave is bonkers too because he just takes like a whole package of like three popcorns cellophane yeah. together in the microwave and then turns it on like yes this is an unhinged deranged person trying to make popcorn like this the direction the director must have given david duchovny is pretend you're an alien who doesn't know <laughs> what popcorn, popcorn is or a microwave <laughs> is but you've been asked to pass as human and to make popcorn Go. It reminded me of Richard Gere and all technology. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. This is also kind of how I felt the first time we heard that girl of the sorority make weird popcorn mistakes. Because we're all sitting in the living room, which was right off the kitchen. And we're like, Do you guys smell burning? And she's like, Oh yeah, I was trying to make popcorn. We're like, how long did you put it in for? She's like, oh, I don't know, six minutes. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was just like smoke billowing out of the And microwave. then the kitchen explodes. Yeah. So he burns the popcorn. He asks her to go get some music upstairs that's in his pocket, uh, in his jacket. And she goes up and sees a newspaper article about his wife and finds out about the accident and then finds her letter on his desk. Yeah, which I fully believe she was going to tell him that night. But this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But learning for her that she had the heart that was David Duchovny's <laughs> wife's like, yes. she needs to process that tr that, too. So oh, my she, God. Well, oh, yeah. it's so weird. Yeah. When she ends up at Bonnie Hunt's house and the first thing she says is, why would God do this? <laughs> that's I'm like, literally that's the, the most next accurate scene. line. That's the very next scene. Yeah, because she is like, she's got to get out of there. She's like very like, oh, yeah. Making excuses. I got a babysit. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And David Duchovny, I think, senses something is wrong, does not know what it is, obviously. Yeah. And of then course. like helps her outside. And she makes a comment about how her bike is old, which will come back later. And yeah. she goes off down the street on her bike. Right. But yeah. it does then smash cut to her at Bonnie Hunt's place saying, why is God so mean or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, she says, what was God thinking? That's what it is. is what yeah. she says. So what funny. was God thinking? And it's just like <laughs> sobbing. And Bonnie Hunt is like, I can't even like, how do you console someone? <laughs> Dude, when Jim Belushi comes in and is like. He's married. I'm gonna kick yeah. his ass. I'll like, kick don't his you ass. worry about it, Mini Driver. I'm gonna go over there right now and kick his ass. And of course, his kids are starting to swear too because they've been doing yeah, that yeah, the yeah. whole movie. It's so funny. And then like Bonnie gets up to like calm him down. Like it's not that. It's not that. It's not that. And then she just yells. Yeah, Mini Grace Driver has Bob's, Bob's dead wife's heart. heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck, dude, it's so funny because the whole impetus of that scene, the whole reason that scene is going on, is because it's like a reprise of the scene before when Mini Driver was like, "I don't even know how to tell him. We have to come yes. up with this way to tell him." And then Bonnie just in like eight words explains it perfectly. It's so funny. Yeah, but then everyone is like, "Oh, oh shit! Well, how do you tell somebody that?" <laughs> <laughs> like but I love that it immediately calms Belushi down. Like he was like at eleven, about to drive over there and punch the company in the face yes and he's now like oh no i get that that is weird like yeah i get why you guys are freaking out but like that ain't his fault yeah he, he's cool he's cool in my book yeah he's cool like, <laughs> he didn't hurt you deliberately <laughs> yeah. and therefore yeah i should not harm him anyway <laughs> so we cut to the next day where she's kind of invited him over and she's like i'm gonna tell him and then i'm gonna tell him that i'm gonna leave and i'm gonna go to italy and her grandfather's like well i called fabrizio he'll pick you up and I was like, why does her Irish grandfather know so many people in Italy? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, he's in the witness protection program. My Italian <laughs> grandparents didn't even know that many people in Italy. <laughs> but he's like, look up Fabrizio when you're there. Like, he's like yeah, naming he's definitely people. the yeah. only Fabrizio in Italy. <laughs> 
Anyways, so and he does this whole like, you know, I'll be there in the fall. Like, don't worry about it. And she's like, it'll be OK. I, I'm going to go. It'll be better if I go. Yeah, because this is going to be fucking weird for him. Yeah. And it's not that she's no one is like he's going to leave her and he's an asshole for that. Everyone is just kind of like, this is the weirdest situation ever. And how would you even deal with? And we understand he's mm-hmm. going to need time to process. So everyone's going to be sad, but nobody's angry, which I kind of was like, yes. It sort of had the vibe that like they were falling in love and found out that they were first cousins. Like, yes! it's <laughs> no one's fault, but we it understand really why does. they can't be it together really anymore. Does. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or or why they're going to need some time to figure shit out. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that they end up together is very unlike the first cousin scenario. I, I really just mean this one scene is like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so she tells him and it's just like, I'm really, really sorry. I I wanted to tell you. And and he interrupts her and says something real transphobic and not great because this movie is 23 years old where he says, yeah, I was afraid you were going to tell me you were a man or something. Well, because she said she had an operation like she's just trying to build right. up to what she he's trying to say. And then when he she gets out that she had a heart transplant, he's like, oh, thank God. And then he reveals yeah. that he's transphobic or right. whatever. I mean, it is. It is 23 years ago, and I un- I completely understood why that was in this movie, because that was so of the time. Yeah, which I, I don't love it, but whatever. It's, you know. Yeah. But so she's like, no, no, no. I had a heart transplant, and it's your wife's heart, and I didn't know, and I found out, and I'm so sorry. And he just says, okay, I, I got to walk. Yeah. Which I, I thought I was like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy information. But like he, he accepts this information in such a great way, like... He doesn't yeah, he doesn't all get, get mad. mad. He's just no. like, okay, I hear you, but also I can feel my brain wrinkling, so I have to go for yeah. a walk. <laughs> like, I have a nosebleed, yeah, and exactly. I'm worried that my eyes are going to roll back in <laughs> yeah. my head, so I just need to like back away yeah. for a second. I'm going to need 24 to 48 hours. And she yeah. does tell him in the scene, I'm leaving to go to Italy. I'm leaving tonight. So she does put like yeah. a timeline on it, um, which makes sense why they are sort of waiting for him to come come stop her from going that night. Right. And he doesn't. But like, I understood why they were waiting there. And I sort of love that they were waiting there. <laughs> I thought that was sweet. Well, and I fully also understand him not stopping her. Cause yes. like, that's not something you could come to terms with in 24 hours. Like, no. so we cut to Rome and she's in bed staring out the window. We, he's sitting on one of his buildings, which seems dangerous, but like, yeah. <laughs> they're both kind of just processing. Yeah, they really are like by themselves thinking about what happened to them. Like, no one actively did this to them, you know? Like, yeah. this just happened to them. And I think that that's such an interesting look at this kind of a movie. Yeah. Because normally, like, one of them is being a certain kind of way and that causes problems. Right. But right. that's not at all this vibe. And I love that. Exactly. That's not this vibe. And then, and he calls David Allen Greer. To be like, I need to talk to somebody about something, but not over the phone. I was like, what? Is the CIA listening? Like, dude. I do love that there's... There is a complex through line about David Duchovny's like conspiracy theories that he has, but all of that's cut out. But that's the one nod to it. Yeah, this is the one. But so this is where we get the trade off of like he's telling David Allen Greer. She's telling this waiter at this cafe where she's supposed to be painting. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. Mamma mia. See. Mamma mia. See. <laughs> we actually talked about this scene earlier because it's like cutting back between David Allen Greer and the, the waiter hearing it for the first time. And it's very funny reaction. I loved it. It was great. Yes. But we cut back to the restaurant where uh, the the old old guys are having their fun club. Sophie and Wally are going to walk home. He doesn't open the door for her and then like 
has to kind of backtrack and open the door. And she's just like, the door, Wally. It's very fun. It is great. Anyway, David Duchovny pulls up and they see him coming and they're like, oh, get back inside. Everybody get back inside. <laughs> they're like, it's him. He's here. What do we do? That <laughs> was so funny. I mean, at this point, Mini Driver's already in uh, Italy. I mean, I assumed that they had been there for, or she had been there for like a week. Uh, they said two days ago. She's been oh, there for two okay. days. Okay. And he's like, hey, the dedication is next week. I need you all to be there. I will always miss my wife, but I ache for Grace. And I was just Fuck. like, oh, God. It's so like, but that so is so sad. is so accurate because Ugh. like their relationship, him and his wife's relationship just never. I mean, they got closure. She, he got closure because she passed away. But like, he's never going to lose those love feelings he has for her. Right. Which I think is it's great to acknowledge. But like, he also has to live in the world that is. Yeah. Today. And today he's in love with Grace. And I loved that. I love that so much. Yeah. I think he should have been like, I wish you had my wife's ass too. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they set it up at the beginning. They you know? did. They but, did. Yeah. But he and her grandfather go out to the, the garden. And my favorite is Angelo peeping. It was just like, he's got him in a chokehold. <laughs> Don't do it. I just love old men doing bits or old people doing bits to me as like comedy pay dirt. Like you cannot have an unfunny one. It's so good. But her, her grandfather's just like, Hey, I know what happened to y'all was overwhelming and crazy, but I also know that you'll sort it out and she loves you and we love you. So figure it out. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah. And I think the only thing this is missing is him giving him the plane ticket. Yeah. But I also think he doesn't need it because he's rich. Yeah. So whatever. It's just the gesture of it I would have liked. We talked about it earlier, but yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. But this is where he says, like, maybe that heart was meant to be with you always. And I was like, oh, oh Paige. <laughs> like, maybe it was. Literally from the scene oh. where David Duchovny <laughs> learns that that is his passed away's wife's heart. Yes. And had just given Mini Driver a bike. We didn't even talk about that. In that scene, he's bringing oh, yeah, he her, gives a, new her a bike. bike. That she somehow takes to Italy. No, they ship it okay, over for that's her. That's the part yeah. that annoyed yeah. me. I loved it though. Like I, but I cried from that scene on. I did not stop crying. You just couldn't do that. You could not take a bike like that. FedEx exists, man. Like you could it, definitely it is, do that. But she's also been there only two days, which means she would have had to wait for it to get there, like weeks to get there. Uh, and it implies that she took it on the plane and like checked it on the plane. And I was like. I was in Italy five years after this movie and I was like, can I bring peanut butter? <laughs> like, because things had changed so much after 9-11. No, but like a lot happened in that time between. So much. So we cut to her painting in a square and the nuns are like playing on her bike and David Duchovny sees the bike because now he's in Italy and rides the nun back to her. And she's like, you came all the way to Italy. And he's like, of course I did. Yeah. I love you. And the nuns are like, oh, but when's it my turn on that bike? Uh, and <laughs> I did love that David Duchovny foils this pretend nun bike thievery ring. Thievery. Oh <laughs> they were just going to tuck it into one of their habits. <laughs> well, it does look like when it pulls back. It's funny because she's supposed to be in Rome. Like they talk about Rome yes. as if that's where she's going. But when they pull back, it definitely looks like Venice. And specifically, it looks like the front of the building they use as the library in Indiana Jones, which, Ooh. by yes. the way, if you ever get a chance to go to Venice, this was my favorite part of Venice, was we took a gondola ride and the guy was just like, so that was an Indiana Jones. <laughs> that was an Indiana Jones. I was like, yeah. yes. 
Oh my God, yes. <laughs> if you're in Venice, make sure you take the historical Indiana Jones <laughs> Indiana tour. Jones ride. Make sure <laughs> that you get scammed into paying four times as much for a gondola ride as you probably needed to because the guy spoke English and was like, I'll show <laughs> you the Indiana Jones shit. Honestly, worth it. That does sound worth it. Venice is really cool. I really liked Venice when I went. Anyway, so we cut to the dedication of the gorilla enclosure. And this is where we get the guy who's like, you may remember me from my photo in the monkey house. I love that guy. Like that dude isn't acting. He is just that guy. That's the level at which he is committed to being this character. And I fucking love it. It's amazing. He's just excited to have his picture in the monkey house. And like, how can you how can you blame him? <laughs> I don't blame him because I would be at every party being like, you may remember me from the Nashville Zoo. I'm in the reptile enclosure with a picture that just says trouser snake American male. <laughs> hey, uh. I love it. Anyway, so they're all there and Sydney gets his enclosure and they dedicate it to her memory we cut to the restaurant where they're having a wedding for wally and sophie i did like that it was wally and sophie's wedding not Minnie driver and david duchovny's wedding where it's basically they're still going to figure their shit out like we are still at the beginning of their relationship basically but for wally and sophie who've known each other for years it's their fun wedding. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Return to Me? I really liked it. I love it. I enjoyed it. it very, very much. Yeah, I loved it a lot. Yeah. It is such a Mikey movie in premise, but such an amazing movie. Yeah. They pulled it off. Yeah. But you should not be able to pull off this script. Yes. I didn't realize that Bonnie Hunt directed and also helped write this. I didn't realize that Bonnie Hunt was that level of like amazing as a like creator, not just an actress. Yeah. Like I did know that she turned down SNL. Like that's the kind of like trajectory she was on and she turned down SNL to mm. go into movies and take more of a she's still funny in the movies she's in but more of an actress lane well, and she had her own show for a while too. Yes. yeah yeah she made some different choices yeah this movie's great but Paige you have any fun facts for us I do well here it is with your fun facts Italian Irish <laughs> fun, fun facts, facts. Yeah, yeah exactly so O'Reilly's Italian restaurant which is that that is a hilarious name because it's like the most Irish it is Italian restaurant is actually a Chicago landmark eatery known as the Twin Anchors. That's where they filmed it. It doesn't specifically say if it's hardcore Italian Irish like that, but it sounds like it's got a little bit of both camps on the menu. So uh, the gorilla in the movie who plays Sydney is a gorilla named Quan, who still lives at the Lincoln Park Zoo oh. in Chicago. Is that his real enclosure at the end that they show? Yes. And nice. he's okay. fathered, yeah, six different offspring. So he's part of their program to help preserve gorillas in the wild yeah, yeah awesome and as of spring of 2022 uh he is 33 years old oh wow so he was still kicking it a pretty young man at this point in this movie he was 10 he is kicking he was it. only 10 yeah nice so like jim belushi's role was originally offered to john favreau and he declined because he didn't want to play a supporting character in the film he wanted david duchovny's role which would be a very different vibe. It oh, would. That would be a different yeah. vibe. Yeah. I, I think David Duchovny does a great job in this, but I love John yeah. Favreau too. Like, he's great. Well, I feel this sounds terrible. I feel like John Favreau in Jim Belushi's role 
I would love. Me too. I think he would have done great. Yeah. There's a rom-com we did where he plays one of the two brothers. Uh, he's Vince Vaughn's it, brother. It's Four Christmases. Yes. Which is a terrible rom-com. It but is. he and his wife are hilarious. Exactly. So good. Or the woman who plays his wife. They're yes. like the only light in that dark, dark movie. <laughs> and yes. you got that same energy, but it's Bonnie Hunt instead of whoever played his wife. And yeah. younger John Favreau. I would have loved it. But I, I understand why he turned it down. Like, that's a career decision. So, like, I get it. I get but I also would have loved to see that. Yes. So the zoo mailbox, which we briefly see in a couple different scenes, was mm-hmm. actually a production prop. And it's the one that she drops her letter in uh, on the okay. way to the zoo. So that does it's not a real mailbox. It doesn't actually exist. But while they were filming, it had to be there in backgrounds of shots for establishing shots and things. And they had to stop people from putting their actual mail into it for some reason. Like, we don't know why people were showing up to the zoo with their mail, but enough people were that they had to, like, station a production staff member there to be like, this is not a real mailbox. Please don't put things in there. (laughs) They're just like, I like to mail my letters to the animals. But also, like, good job set deck for making it look that realistic. Like, yeah, the people were just like, yeah, they were falling for it. Yeah. They were like, oh, shit, I was going to go to the mailbox after I took the kids to the zoo. But if there's one here i'll just use this one yeah exactly exactly when he takes her to see the panoramic view of chicago at night uh it is from the rooftop of 333 wacker drive in downtown chicago so if you want to go that's where it is nice the dog mel was played by an american bulldog named Petey. oh Petey, he's super cute man and does a great job also potentially offered the role instead of David Duchovny was George Clooney. I could see that too. And I could young see that ER too. George Clooney. That would have been good. But again, David Duchovny crushes this. He does. And David Allen Greer and Bonnie Hunt, this was actually not the first time they had worked together. They had previously worked together on Jumanji. Oh, with Robin yeah. Williams. There is a scene at an hour and 11 minutes and eight seconds in where David Duchovny looks straight at the camera. <laughs> Oh, really? For like enough that you can like see it. Sure. And they didn't cut it out. <laughs> so awesome. that's kind of fun. I didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah. Now, early in the movie, Angela tells Grace that it's been a year since her surgery and her scar was barely noticeable. However, if we track the time in the movie from other people mentioning it, it's been less than a year uh, because when she reads the newspaper dated for 12, it says that she died for 12, 1999, which was exactly a year previous which means that when she's finding out, it's now a year. So, you know, call it two, three months shy or whatever. Yeah. There's no way to determine what Bob's correct bowling score was in the movie. <laughs> okay. Because just before he bowls his last turn, they say that his high score is 67 up until now and bowling is progressive. So like as you bowl, you actually score based on previous frames. Yeah. If you get a strike or a spare. Yeah. Right. Um, The group chants 68, hoping that he'll knock at least one pin down, but he misses. But then the second one, the second frame, he actually knocks down three pins. It looks like it was three. Yeah. It's like the corner three. Yes. Which would have put him at 69. Yeah, it would. Um, But later at the restaurant, (laughs) two aprons have been hung that say 68 in pasta sauce. But... If it was 67, then they would have been 70. Or if it was 66, then they should have been 69. Yeah. So there's no way to know. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Before we get in the box office, while we were talking about Mr. Bennington, I went down a little rabbit hole on him. Can oh. I can I tell oh. you about Mr. Bennington or the guy who played yes. Mr. Bennington? So he is a guy who was... Very established in advertising, made a shitload of money in advertising in the 60s and 70s, and then 
sold his business, and then got into acting because he liked acting. But he didn't start until late in life. And this was his last movie. The movie right before this, he was in, and his son starred in it. It was High Fidelity. (gasps) What? Mr. Bennington was played by John Cusack's father, a man named Dick Cusack. That is nuts. <laughs> we haven't done High Fidelity either. That's a wild movie. It is a wild movie and we need to do it at some point. But yes. I thought that that was crazy. I was like, there's no way I just stumbled upon John Cusack's dad. And I did. So anyway, but let's talk about box office. So this movie came out in the year 2000. What do you think the budget for Return to Me was? In 2000, I'm going to say this is <laughs> largely a single location movie. Okay. Like there is some stuff outside and there's some stuff at the zoo, but so much takes place at the restaurant. It A lot of it does. A lot of it at the zoo, which are both of those are probably, well, no, the enclosure was actually at the zoo. So like, I don't know. Yeah. But they do go international in this movie. They do go international, or at least they make it look like they did, although it very much could definitely be the Universal Backlot. Yeah, I don't think they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible, yeah. I'm going to say this is $10 million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say it's $22 million. Mikey, you are actually way closer. It's $24 million. That makes sense <laughs> for the amount of people in this. Yeah. Because you've got a lot of actors, a lot of lines. Yeah, that makes sense. If you adjust that for inflation, it's uh, 41.9, almost $42 million today. Now, this movie premiered on April 7th, 2000, uh, and it was number four in the m- theaters. That weekend out, it was beat by number one, the number one movie, Rules of Engagement. Number two, Aaron Brockovich. Number three was The Road to El Dorado. Number four was, of course, Return to Me. And number five was The Skulls, which I definitely saw in the theater. Everybody saw The Skulls. Yeah. yeah. Wait, which one's The Skulls? Uh, Joshua Jackson, where he goes to and joins oh, the Secret Society. The yes. Skull and Bones Society. Yep. But it's like if the CW produced a movie about the yes. Skull and Bones Society. Yeah, yep. it's that. I remember um, Okay. <laughs> anyway, so what do you think Return to Me made in its opening weekend? And again, that was April 7th, 2000. I'm going to say $4 million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? $20 million. Mikey's a little high. Mike Paid's a little closer. It's $7.8 million. Oh, man. I was hoping to be a big hit. In its opening weekend. Yeah, it, it wasn't a super big hit. Uh, but it was in the theater for 24 weeks. Uh, it was never again in the top five, though. So it was only in the top five in its first weekend out. But what do you think it made total at the box office? $18 million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I think, I think it made like $30 million. Okay. Mikey, you're closer. It was $32.6 million. Uh, it didn't, that I can tell, get an international release, or at least there's no numbers attached to an international release here, but it did make money. I'm not sure how much they spent on marketing, but it did make a little bit more than its initial budget. And if you adjust that 32.6 for inflation today, that's $57 million today. But that's your box office. So this week, I made you guys watch Return to Me. Paige, what are you making us watch next week? Now, I know I talked about The Bodyguard, and I do still want to do that at some point. I I did not forget you. But I found out that one of the picks that I wanted is streaming now. It was not when we originally looked. And then there was this weird thing where I could only get it to stream on one device. But now, I double-checked it yesterday. It is streaming on Amazon for all devices. And that is on the line starring NSYNC's Lance Bass. I hate you and love you for picking this. I hate that I'm going to have to watch it, but I love that I'm going to get to talk about it for two hours. This will make you feel better. It's only 
85 minutes long. Okay. I feel better. It is <laughs> terrible. Uh, it is not a good movie. I also need to warn you that this is one of the two episodes we have to record while we're together together. Excited. At Panic mm. Fest. So we will be watching this movie together in our Airbnb. I can't wait. So excited. We'll get a bunch of snacks, Mikey. And Mikey. It's not a musical. I'm back in. <laughs> it's just bonkers madness. Yeah, it's back at a time when people were like, oh, yeah, the third rate guy from NSYNC, he could be a movie star, right? Yes, yes. And here's the thing. <laughs> no. I, and here's what's terrible. Having seen Bros and other things where Lance has popped up as a, like cameo, he can do it when he gets to be his authentic self. Yes. But in this movie, he is a, a closeted gay man trying to play off as a romantic <laughs> comedy lead and, and for for I assume a production company that was desperately trying to counteract the rumors about his sexuality. And listen, he's no Rock Hudson is what we're saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, well, all, all I'm saying is that like I think Lance has found his place now and that makes me very happy. <laughs> me too. That he can be who he yes. authentically is. That is great. This movie occurs at a time when that was not the case, yeah. and it definitely suffers for it. Love it. Well, your homework for next week is to watch Lance Bass do his best Rock Hudson impression in the movie On the Line. With Emmanuel Chiriqui, who you may remember from The Night Before Christmas as the sister who was embezzling from her boutique. For reasons, I know who that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I don't. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run of the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Okay. Tadell says, laughing out loud 24-7. Love it. I love this podcast. As an active listener of The Horror Virgin, Romance of the Pot is such a great show, and they have the Italian hand. Italian uh, hands. You're supposed to read it in a Mario. Emoji. I didn't know, I didn't know it was an emoji, but now I, I love it. <laughs> I love everyone's chemistry, reviews, and jokes that keep me cackling. By far, my favorite episodes to revisit are the Twilight series <laughs> laughing emoji. Of course. Five stars. Jackie Zabrowski's on those, and she's always hilarious. Well, Tadol, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I want my dog to wait for you at the door. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye. Because you're trying to kill me. And I need my dog to protect me. Nerds. La, 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 la